All right. Ella, go lay down. We can hear your nails on the ground. All right, what's up? We're back. Um, it hasn't been this long, actually. The last one had Ben on it, and Ben's back. Ben's joining in this time. He's replacing Ramsey for this episode. <laughs> Ramsey's going to be jealous. Just yeah. let him know. Um, today we got Luke Wheeler, which I just learned your last name because I, I just always know him as Luke Fisher. Fishman. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll do the commercials real quick. We got All I Need. We're, we're making skateboards, All I Need skateboards. Uh, I talked about it on the last podcast, but for any new listeners, um, basically we're an apparel brand, and uh, we've grown into a skateboard brand. We're going to start making decks. We're going through Chapman, which is uh, – they do some legit wood. They do, like, the magenta stuff. They've been doing New York for a long time. They actually – do you know about Chapman? No. No? Well, you know a little bit about it. No. I guess I talked to it. It's Glenn and Greg Chapman, the brothers. They've been making skateboards for decades now. And they make the wood in... They have the wood cut and pressed and shaped in Maine. And then they have their office in New York. And it works like that, which is tight. So it's U.S. wood, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So it's really good wood. And uh, those dudes have been doing it for so long. So I'm super excited to work with them and... uh, it's going to be cool. So we have decks coming in in about a month. We've already got so much love. I have sh- shops hitting us up, like te- Technical and like uh, Maximum Hash and shops down in Florida and up and down the coast, like just reaching out. And like that's awesome to have these shops like reaching out to us. Like we don't even have to cold call no one yet. Like everyone just is like hyped. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's so all I need obviously sponsors the show. And then Solstice Skate Shop, New Bedford, Mass. You go down there, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm awesome, right? Uh, at least a couple times a month to pick up my fish check and Hell yeah. stop by Solstice and say hi. How'd you meet Jay? Uh, just skating. I think uh, I think the, uh, probably skated with him at Edge the first time I met him or something, probably. Uh, Jay is awesome. Skating with that ride a couple times when they used to have the trade show up there. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't do that no more? I don't know. Uh, my local skate shop closed, so I'm, I lost my ticket in. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I remember going up to Rye for that. It was like all footwear for the most part of the trade show. It's a pretty cool idea. The place was a big, it was big enough to do it. They had that whole upper level where they yeah, did. Exactly. That was very cool. Um, yeah, Solstice Skate Shop. I skate for them. They've been around for, I want to say, 16 plus years or something in New Bedford, Mass. And, it's mostly uh, just shop around. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's core. Jay owns it. Mm, they opened up shop on New Bedford. That whole block is like just skater own, skater run with no problemo right there. Right next door is Artificial Marketplace, which is JV's brother. We got Patty's Hot Dog Shop that just opened up, which is Pat, who's the homie, Pat Lana, um, who was on the podcast. So if you're new, go back and check out that episode. Really cool. <laughs> what are you doing to Amber? What are you doing to Amber? You know what it is? Is Amber's try- always trying to hump Amber. <laughs> it is. I think their father is something I don't yeah, all the time. Yeah, no, Elwood's a, <laughs> a pervert. He's like Pepe Le Pew. He will not stop sometimes. Um, all right, commercial's done. Um, the first time I met you was at, uh, I think, Skater's Edge. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, and I think it was like, is that where you first met him? Yeah, definitely. Hell yeah. Of course. Um, and I, I think what really drew, like, I was like, damn, he brought his dog. Bella, which oh, Bella is actually in the Bella's actually here, but Amber will probably fight her, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely more people know my dog's name than mine. <laughs> really? You think uh, so? Absolutely. Because she's Everywhere so. I go. Yeah, she's just know. like stands out. It's yeah. huh? <laughs> awesome. Um, we're, let's talk about Bella. How you said? How old is she? Uh, she's eleven. Yeah. Um, 
she's she's been fishing with me. She pretty much did every fishing trip I did from the time she was like five months old till she was ten years old Damn. on the boat with me. And she's an awesome dog. What kind of dog? Portuguese water dog. Yeah. Well, actually bred to work on fishing boats. So. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, they're great dogs. So. No shit. That's awesome. Yep. She's a beautiful dog, too. Yeah. She's great. She's been unbelievable. I mean, this stuff, like, she still surprises me to this day with her smart stuff she does, you know. Well, me and Ben were talking about that the other night. You were saying, uh, what were we talking about? How Bella, like... Luke will go out and skate the mini ramp or whatever he's shredding, and then Bella knows to like stay behind the fence. She like stays up. <laughs> yeah, because at the skate park, it's like sorry, I'm spinning. At the skate park, there's just skateboarders whizzing by, bikes yeah. flying around. Like I almost get hurt sometimes, but she seems to has like, she has like skate park etiquette. And I, like I can even in, I live in Bristol. I go to the, the local pub I go to is called Aiden's Pub. She okay. sits outside on the sidewalk and waits for me. I can go in there. Wow, really? Dinner or whatever, and like she just sits right in front of the door. You don't worry that she'll like go anywhere. Like, no, I mean, I, I go out. I you know, I go out maybe after being in there for like a half an hour. I'll go out. You know, like make sure she's still there. Tell her how good she is. Maybe bring her a piece of hamburger or something to you know really cement it. Cement yeah. it in. And yeah, no. Ever since she's a puppy, I've never had her on a leash. You know, when we cross the street, she stops at the curb, waits for me to wave her across. She uses the crosswalks. Hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> when I'm not around, I've seen her cross the street, and I'm, I swear she looks <laughs> both ways. Like, I swear to God, she, like, I mean, the dog, it's just like, you see, see her kissing me, you're like, what the, how did you know that? You know, yeah. like that, you're just a dog, you know? It's crazy, because whenever I see her, I make sure to, like, say hi and, like, look her in the eyes, and, like, when yeah. I look her, I was telling Ben, I was like, when you look her in the eyes, it's like, She's she, she knows. Yeah, she yeah. knows. You can like see a soul in that thing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She she's awesome. It's uh is that your first dog or no? Um I mean we had dogs growing up, but that was my first dog that I've had since I've been on my own, you know. That's since right. I, you know, I I waited I waited till I saved up and like uh, bought a house and then I bought a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I knew I didn't wanna be you don't want to have a dog and then all of a sudden you gotta leave your, your landlord, gotta go find another place or something and we'll I love this place, but they don't allow dogs. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So That would suck, yeah. So I was kind of like, waited, because I knew that I was going to have this dog with me 24 hours a day, too. Hey. So I didn't want to, you know, like, make sure it was a good dog environment, basically. Best friends. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so rad. And it's so cool that she she's a fisherman, fisher lady. Yeah. She fishes as well. Yeah. So she's been fishing... As long as you? Um, well, f- no, a lot, I've been a lot, I've been doing it since I was a little. Oh, you have? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. My grandfather was a fisherman. My father was a fisherman. Because you've had her for how many years? Eleven. Deep. Eleven. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She's wow. eleven. So she just stopped fishing with me this year because she got sick this spring and stuff, and uh, she's totally fine now. Yeah. But uh, she, yeah, it's just and just the trips too. You know, she still comes with me if I'll do like a real short trip, like a six hour trip or something. But right now we're doing 24 hour trips. Yeah. So it's, you know, the weather gets bad or whatever. I'm just, just better off being home with the girls now that she's a little older, you know? Um, so, so for the people out there that don't know, obviously like, what is your job? Oh, so I'm, I'm a commercial fisherman. I've been doing it my whole life. I, um, like right now I'm fishing for monkfish and skate, which is an offshore fishery. But in the summer and spring, I've, I fish for, like, bluefish and scup and in the fall, bonita. Like, any, mostly, like, all the fish that are migrating in our area, yeah. when they're coming close to shore, that's when I'm trying to catch them. Oh, okay, you know? okay. So it's like, so as this, you know, month to month, it's you're kind of targeting different fish. It fluctuates, kinda, like, yeah. what's coming in and what's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, like, you know, just go with what's there. It's my, you know, it's what I try to do and try to, you know, you don't want to 
you know, obviously it's nice to stay close to the harbor. It's safer. And yeah. if you, could, you never want to steam over. Steaming is when you're driving someplace. It's called steaming because the old fishing boats that steam engine. So yeah. you never want to steam over fish. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in other words, if there's fish right outside the breakwater, that's where you go. You know, yeah. you know you're not going to drive, you know, hours away. So that's what I try to do is just stay, you know, the local catch, basically. So do you have your own boat, I'm assuming? Yes, yeah. That's so awesome. I bought it for my father, like, 15 years ago, I guess. Oh, then I guess we should go back. So did, was your father a commercial fisher, fisherman yes. as well? Yeah. So... Maybe explain how he got into it and how it transitioned into you getting into okay, it. Okay, so my my grandfather was, was originally a farmer. Okay. And then after World War II, he came back and he um, he started a trucking company. So he started trucking fish, just fish and cohogs. Oh, and he was transporting them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Originally, my grandfather was just a trucker. Sit. And then he got into, then he bought the company. He saw the comp, you know, one of the companies he bought fish from. He, he still fished, like he would help out the fishermen and stuff, but he was really a trucker. Yeah. And uh, the company, one of the companies he sold, he uh, trucked fish for came up for sale. He knew, you know, he knew they were making money because he saw the fish they were catching. So he bought the company. And that's how my father got into it. You know, that was like in the 50s, I guess. And he started fishing. So I, my whole life, you know, my grandfather and our father were both fishermen, um, and that's so that's how my dad. Then my dad became a, a you know, got into other f- fishing. What my grandfather did was called trap fishing, which is a very traditional, old school fishery. What, how does that break then? I know I know nothing about fishing, so I'm really curious. Trap fishing is literally, it's a net that's like, you, you know, if you spread it out in Skater's Edge. It would hit all four walls. That's, wow. Put it out. Put it that way. The Holy net, shit. Okay, yeah, so... Because how big is the park, Ben? 30... It's 32 to 33,000 square foot. Yeah, okay, so it's a, it's, a big, it's a big box. It's like a... It's like... Picture a lobster trap, but expanded to the size of a factory. Fuck. Okay, so... And so it's held in place by 26 900-pound anchors. Oh, my God. Okay? And you have a 15 to 20-man crew to haul it. You drag the thing out there with the boat. No, you, you set it out. Okay, so it's a. It's you really, say fifteen you know, to twenty people. <laughs> it's, okay, so you you first you set it out. It's really like a, a an industry, the trap fishing, and it's 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 thousands of years old. But we've been doing it this exact same way for probably the last two hundred years, <laughs> almost the exact same way. The materials have changed. You know, it's synthetic. But the same formula like is how to do it. Yeah, the, I mean, because what, once you see this at, in the spring. When the fish come through, you literally catch a boatload of fish in one trap. So once you see this fishery, and all the fish are alive, they're beautiful, absolutely the most, you're, you're, six in the morning you start, by nine in the morning you're back at the dock, the fish on the boat are still flapping, and you're putting them to boxes with ice, and by five o'clock that night they're in New York in the market. Wow. So it's fresh. a premium, yeah, like super fresh. If if you do and all the, all the fish are alive when you catch them, so if you say you do, it's very um, environmentally friendly because say you do humane, catch a bunch, humane. say you do catch a bunch of fish that are undersized. Yeah. You, you pull up the trap and you're like, oh, you look and you're like, well, these fish are all small. They're they're not marketable. You can literally like I've done this before. You take the big boat. And you drive it over the trap, like you kind of put the bow of the boat up on the trap so it sinks the corks, mm-hmm. and and then the fish just swim out. Wow! So you know you well, can just separate it like that. Yeah, you just separate it like that, and um, so like I said, it's a fifteen-man crew, so it's got it actually we use five boats: a big boat with an engine, three rowboats, and then a skiff. <laughs> so you, we still row the boats out of the traps, um, and uh, and then you all work as a team to haul the twine up. 
It's yeah. really cool. I mean, you guys should come check it out because it's, it's it's only a three hour trip. It's like wow. the, oh, the three hour tour. Yeah. <laughs> <Get> uh, <laughs> it's like Gilligan's Island, yeah. and it's all within sight of land. Like literally, the inside end of the trap is less than a hundred yards from the from the beach. So it's like, do they set the trap out? And then they leave it out. It's out, yeah. It's okay. set out with all the anchors. First, you set the anchors. Do you have to buy right. designated spots then? Yes, exactly. Okay. It's super highly regulated. Like, you actually, most fisheries, you you kind of, you, you mark your territory. You get there first, then you stay there, and then you kind of defend your territory, so to speak. But the trap fishing fishery, you actually own that little piece of the bottom. That you can, no one else can fish there but you. But if you don't set the trap for like five years or something, then someone else can come in and steal the steal the site from you. What's that called? Like when you squat grandfathered in. Well, yeah, oh. it's, yeah, it's like squatting. like when you squat in a house for long enough, and then they yeah, then like, it's yours. <laughs> yeah, homeless people probably have houses. In That's awesome, man. Yeah, so it's it's a really cool fishery, and it's like I'm lucky that I you know my family was already doing it and had been a, be a part of it because it's really. There's a lot of seamanship involved. Like the new fisheries, there's a lot of mechanization and everything. And this, it's like... It's more mechanical, you're saying? like Yeah, the new fisheries are more, you know, like instead of having 20 guys, you just have one big boat with a big winch that, you know, can pick up 20,000 pounds of fish at once, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and having inefficiencies isn't necessarily a bad thing in a fishery because... The more efficient a fishery is, the quicker you can catch all the fish. Yeah. You know, so having inefficiencies or built into fisheries isn't necessarily a bad thing if you want it to be sustainable. Yeah. You know, and have that, you know, and yeah, it's just such a, like, you just have to see it. It's amazing. And when, when you start to haul the net up, the fish get sense that the net's coming up around them and they start vortexing and swimming around in a circle. Yeah. And it's called a boil where the inside of the trap the, the water actually is higher up than outside the trap because of all the fish, yeah. because of all the fish. Oh, they're spinning it Because, up. you know, it's like in Nemo, and they're like, swim down. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what they're doing. They're <laughs> swimming down, and all the water is, like, pushing up. Like, so it'll be like, you know, say it's blowing, like, 10 or 15 knots. There's, like, waves all outside the trap and white caps, and then it comes in, and because of all the fish tails, yeah. it's, it just smooths out, and it's like this, it's called a boil. And it's not like a boiling water. It's like a boil you have in your ass if you sat down for Yeah, it bubbles up. Like yeah. a boil, you know, and it's yeah. just like this big meniscus on the water. Wow. It's rad. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. The Finding Nemo is one of my top three favorite movies. Nice. <laughs> just down. Uh, for, for <laughs> I saw that. I laughed so Amazing. Like, Forrest, if fish did that, man, I'm screwed. Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's Forrest Gump, Finding Nemo, and Sword in the Stone are my top three favorite movies. And I've thought about it a lot. Finding Nemo can bring me to tears. <laughs> Nice. Um, so that's so you don't do trap fishing. I'm sorry. I I do, I do I still do it. I still help out in the spring when they like really need help. But I have my own boat that I basically work on for like nine months of the year. And uh, I I do I ha- I have had it where it's like I've gone trap fishing every year in a row for six years or whatever. But the last few years I've kind of been trying to do my own thing more. Um, you know, unfortunately because of money, you know, because I can make so much more money on my own boat. Rather than working for somebody else, yeah, you know. So, you know, if I made more money on my boat, I could take like that time off and just go help my dad out. He yeah. definitely needs the help. Oh, I mean, so he's still fishing. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, he like they literally he'll go like sixty days in a row sometimes in the spring if the fish are really mm-hmm. showing up. Like, and he works at Cannon Mountain in the winter as a snowmaker. Like, my dad's like a hardcore workaholic. Like, that's he awesome. just the harder the better. 
How old he's is he? 65. 65, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. He's like, loves to, like, look at a 20-year-old kid and know that he's working harder than him and call he, him. He would love Ben. Kid a pussy. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, never mind. Like, he loves, no, he would, he would love you because you're a Yeah, he would love Ben, like, You know yeah. what I mean? But he just, like, yeah, he, like, wants to hear somebody complain just so we can tell him, shut the hell up. This, <laughs> this is the job. What the hell do you think this is? You know, like, he's, like, hardcore, like, what you would think of as, like, a... Fisher, like old fisherman type, you know. It, <laughs> it's it's good. I like that he's like that because uh, I, I mean I'm 31 now, yeah. and I remember going from like that trans. I'm young enough that I remember the transition from going from like just working hard, but not really realizing that like if you want something, you really have to dedicate everything oh, yeah. to it. Like as you become an adult and you become someone who's like passionate and pursuing something, like it engulfs your life, like. The, like, the level of work I do now compared to, like, 10 years ago is insane. So it's like I applaud someone that's 65 and still cranking away and, like, oh, yeah. doing, like, work like that. Like, that's, like, a lot of kids don't know that. That's probably why he digs into yeah. all of them because a lot of kids yeah. growing up, their parents don't instill that type of, like, Ethic. if you want something, you need to grind away for it and it's not going to come to you. You have to chase Nothing it down, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, especially nowadays, you know, with how everything is and especially in America. It's like... You need to figure out work ethic real quick, like, and put everything it's into it. It's going to make your life easier, actually, ironically. It is. You know? it's, <laughs> it's crazy because the more you work and the more you pursue something you love, the faster the time goes and you're just, like, you're looking. Yeah. It's, like, everything's fun, so it's flying by, and it's, it's stressful, crazy. too, but, like, you're sweating, breaking your back, and then you look back and you're like, damn, it's already, the year's over. And you're like, oh, what yeah. the fuck, dude? Time's flying as you're, like... Pursuing something, it's like insane. The, the trips, um, so I'm monk fishing now. But that's, so that's just a mind. So it's a, it's a 24 hour trip. Yeah. And so it's it's just you're you know you get to get a nap here and there, but that 24 hours that day is the fastest day of my whole week when I'm at work. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you were like, you know, a lot of sometimes we'll. Uh, we won't get into like midnight, so we'll wait and we'll unload in the morning. Yeah. And we'll be like, you know, we'll unload, we'll start at like unloading at 5 30 in the morning, get done at 7 30, be driving up the road at 8 in the morning or something. Wait, so if you get in at midnight and you unload at 5, what do you do for those five hours? You I just, just sleep at the dock. Just, you just tie up. Yeah, just yeah. like get some, you know, get some rest. You yeah. know, you just put in. So a typical trip uh, now would be we'd leave at midnight. It's a six hour boat ride to where the nets are. Um, we'd haul, uh, we'd haul the nets from like six in the morning until six o'clock at night. And then you have a six hour ride home. So it's like a 24, the way the regulations are written, if you're out for 24 hours in one minute, you can have a double, you can have a two day limit. So that's basically what I try to do is do a 20, you, you're shooting for 24 hours in one minute. It usually ends up being 25 to 28 hours. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Because, uh, just, it's just because of the regulations. It's a weird thing we have to deal with. But. Yeah. But, uh, that's pretty gnarly. And like, that's, <laughs> but that's like, so now we're doing that twice a week. Um, so I have a 50 hour week, but I still have four days. I still have five days off. Yeah. Which is, you awesome. know, <laughs> so it's like, I love, so I love this part of year. So you, it's but you probably so need a day to recover. I imagine pretty much. Yeah. I definitely yeah. will like come home, take a bath, sleep until noon or whatever. And then, yeah, you definitely, yeah, definitely it, it's. Because you're at the skate park more than a lot of people, <laughs> which is awesome. And you have a, a legit hard job, you yeah. know? Like, that's awesome. I say this is the time of year where I can skate a lot because it's like, well, you know, it's still a full work week, but I have four or five days off still. Mm. So, um, nice. Before fishing, did you have any other jobs? I've never had any other job. Wow. My first job. You're a fisherman through and through yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> My first job I ever had 
was untangling ropes that my, my, like, so my dad was a gill netter, but then he lobster in the summer. What's a gill netter? Is that what you were describing? Yeah, that's, that, okay. that, that, that's not, that's what I do on my boat with monkfish. So okay. it's, it's like a space, it's like basically, a, it's like a fence, it's like a chain link fence, but it's invisible. Okay. And the fish run into it and they get tangled in it. Yeah. So it's, it's a good fishery because the, whatever the size of the fence is, you know, so to speak, or the size of the net, You'll, it's very selective in that you'll only catch a certain species or size of fish. Uh, and if it's smaller, it'll swim right through the net. And if it's bigger, it'll bounce yeah. off. So it's, it's a good fishery. But so it, he would catch these big bundles of all tangled up line in the gill nets. Oh, man. And then I would like, he'd throw them in the yard. And that was my first job was untangling these big spools of line so that we could cut them up to use them for our lobster business in the summer. Oh, Trawl yeah. line. And, uh, those, you know, whatever, you just hours of just, it's know. like, it's like trying to get a knot out of a shoe for yeah, hours. But and it's hours. like, just, like this table. It's just this big pile of like, this wow. big pile that's been tossing around the ocean yeah. for months or whatever. I feel like I wouldn't yeah. be able to handle that. <laughs> it's I'm just like, tedious. You know? Yeah. It's Fifth grade, so yeah. <laughs> that's right. Man. I've done like a couple of these. I've like, I think I uh, like parked cars for like a fancy thing for my cousin once, and once I shucked oysters at a wedding once. Those are the only other jobs I've had. That's that's awesome. now. <laughs> but, so uh, when you come to the skate park. You, like you, I don't know if you you always pay with fish. Yes, I pay with fish. Because last <laughs> night, right? He, you got some. What did yeah. you give him last night? Uh, fluke. It's a fluke. Big, it's kind of flounder. You gonna eat it? No, no, no. It's for you left it at the park. It's for Dave. Oh damn. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, yeah. So I used to bring like I first started coming. I like you know I paid a couple times. Then I was like you know found out that Dave was the owner, and I was like I love the barter system because you know no tax and you know it's obvious. So. It's yeah, I, think I, was like, I was like, you know, yeah, I was like, I was like, Dave, you, you know, you like fish? He's like, yeah. So I just started bringing him fish, and then one time I brought him like a cooler full of lobsters, yeah. like probably twenty or thirty oh. pounds of lobsters, and he's like, hey man, he goes. You don't have to bring fish any every time anymore. It was just come as much as you want. <laughs> I was like, right on. I actually went that day, and I and I think Nick was working, and I was like, uh, I was like, uh, Nick, I was like, uh, can you call your old man? I was like, I don't know if he likes lobster. You know, and he goes, he goes, oh. Oh, he likes lobster. He goes, we like lobster. He's like, he goes, no problem. I was like, all right, don't even bother calling that. Here's the cooler. I'll come pick it up later. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's awesome. And that's, I, it's just a great place to hang out. All the guys that work there are fun. It's a great, you know, there's not a, no jockiness, really, that I sense. It's a great, great skate hangout. Great I, group of kids. I feel out. like just having dudes like Ben there. Yeah. like Everyone's having fun. Influences people and kind of, like, gets rid of all the egos and silly now. Yeah. Like, because when you have a skate park, as you, you mm-hmm. know, like... It breeds, especially our skate, like Skater's Edge, like everyone comes from all over New England. Like there's people coming from New Hampshire, Connecticut, like even New Jersey, New York sometimes. Like it's just all different people from all different walks of life, whether they're fishermen or like whatever, you know? It's good to see all the different styles. Yeah. Different places. It's very cool. And since Skater's Edge is so big, there's like the snowman bowl, there's the street course, the rails, there's a little weird shit in the back. But uh, I definitely agree, like. It's it's like um, I feel like everyone there is pretty friendly and open and like, yeah. cool about shit. So everyone there's no egos, no bullshit, no right. just like. And if there is, it kind of gets like snubbed out. Yeah, people kind of realize like, oh, that's not really this kind of place. Can't like, act that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's cheering for each other. Yeah, exactly, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> it's like a community. No matter what trick they're doing, like you see somebody trying a trick that yeah, you, might be easy for you, but not, you know, and then all of a sudden they pull it off. You get so psyched. Yeah, you know, like, like kind, yeah, yeah. Of course. that's the way to do it. Yeah. Because like that's why I keep telling the little dudes there. I tell Russell and all his crew is I'm like, I'm like, 
these dudes, like, I was like, how crazy is it that all these people from different walks of life, like, grew up different than you, and they come from a whole different background. Like, yeah. how sick is it that they're all here, and we all love skateboarding, and we're all doing it? Like, yeah. there's dudes that'll show up and do freestyle. There's dudes that'll show up and skate the snowman bowl, and, like, Hessian dudes. There's tech dudes. There's, like, yeah. little young dudes going for it. Like, every walk of life, like, could work. Some people are fishermen. Like, it's like, and to me, I'm like... Skateboarding is the glue that binds everybody. Yeah. Like so, every time I go there, I try to talk to as many people or say hi to as many people. At least like make a friendship because I'm like, it's insane. Like it's just. Um, you said it's a bond that we all have that in common. Like you yeah. see somebody, you know, even if it's like a little plastic skateboard, you know, you have more in common with them than half of everyone else. Yeah, because yeah. I'm trying to think of another environment in the world where it's like that, where people come from. Like, skateboarders, I think everyone's accepted to be a skateboarder. Like, anyone could be a skateboarder. Yeah, definitely. Anyone. Like, from any walk of life. Like, I've seen dudes that, like, don't even look like they belong on a skateboard. And they're there, you know? And you're like, I'm trying to think. Like, if you go to, like, the business world, you're just going to have a bunch of uptight people, like, business people, you know? But, like, skateboarding breeds, like, individuals and weirdos and cool people, you know? So, it's fucking rad. And Skater's Edge is that um, foundation for it. Especially in the winters, you know? I I love it. Um... Yeah, okay, so I had a question about the boat. Do you have a name? Oh, yeah, uh, the name of the boat is Shirley Ann, which is the original owner's wife's name, which my, my father bought it from the original owner's family. The original owner passed away. The boat's actually 30, 38 years old. Wow. Glass over wood. It's an awesome old boat. Like, I'm at, I, was, I want my boat to someday be the oldest boat that's fishing in Rhode Island. Like, I was telling somebody that the other day. Like, like my boat's 38 years old. Just as good as it was the day it was brand new. It was mahogany over oak, fiberglass over 38 years ago. And if I take care of it and keep fishing, like, I'm pretty sure, it, you know, that I could be one of the oldest boats that's still a viable commercial boat, you know, not just, like, taking out people's sport fishing or whatever. Now, do you know one of the, one of the boats that... Uh it's, it's getting there. I mean, the, the, A, there's no more wooden boats anymore. They're not building wooden boats. Insurance companies don't want to touch wooden boats. So... It's getting, you know, so as, and so they're not building anymore. Then obviously the old ones are just getting older and older. So, you know, it's, uh, there's a couple of old wooden boats in Point Judith, um, but they, they don't, they only fish real close to shore. And they're, like I say, they're, they don't, they're not fiberglassed over either, which is a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, definitely. That would be, you know. What, what do you mean by fiberglass? So, like, they just, you had the wooden and then you went over with fiberglass and just with, to with, make it more soft. With actually with like a quarter inch of fiberglass. So with the whole, with with the actual the fabric and then the resin. Wow. No shit. Yeah, it's like sheets after sheets. You put on like, it's like maybe eight sheets of fiberglass over the wood. So it preserves it really good. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's like it's you insane. cut it and yeah. it's, it still smells like timber. And it's <laughs> yeah. 38 years. You know, wow. You know, wow, that's insane. The car is self-destruct after six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like it's wow. crazy. Like, yeah. What, uh, what, how did you actually put the fiberglass on? Is that something you painted? No, they, they did it in the boat. When it was originally built, they did it in the boatyard, which was very rare for that time. Yeah. Um, it, uh, so it was, they did it back then, and it just, they did, I don't think they realized what a good job they did or how much it would preserve the boat. Yeah. You know, really. It was maybe experimental or a, uh, pretty much a try. A bit, yeah, like a little bit. Yeah. You know, like for, for, for that long ago. Yeah, you know, because now the, and then now people just build woods out of solid fiberglass because it's so much simpler. But a fiberglass boat is half as light. It's so much lighter than my boat. Like in a boat, you want boats to be heavy so that you know. Think, I mean, if you think about something, it's getting tossed around the ocean. 
So do you want it to be light like a Clorox bottle, or do you want it to be like heavy, like you yeah. know, like a lot, you know, like, yeah. Well, like what I always tripped out on, kind of pertaining to the weight of a boat, was like I can't remember who told me it might have been Jay about New Bedford. Is like he was telling me like the cobblestone streets. He was like, yeah, they the, this cobblestone came from England because they used it in the boats to weigh the boats down right. and like kept it in the bottom of the boats. And then when they got here, they just made streets with it. Yeah, right. And I'm like, exactly. I'm walking on something that fucking like or so even long Africa, ago. Some of the cobble, like some of the uh, stone could have come from Africa because yeah. they were doing like England, Africa, South the Caribbean. You know, that whole triangle trade. Yeah, whatever, crazy. You know, like yeah. And now it's in New Bedford, Mass, and people like yeah, are just like, I have no fucking clue. Yep. <laughs> like I. Have I had no fucking clue until someone filled yeah. me in, and I'm like, "Oh, those cobblestones—they're all over—they're all over New England too." Like, yeah, um, I, I went to the Oneyville skate park one day, and these kids are all—they—they they were taking the cob at Oneyville um, up the hill. There's these old trails, and they have these old cobblestone trails up in the woods there. And the kids were taking the cobblestone and bringing them down to the skate park to build a dam. Because when it rained, the sand would come in on yeah, one side. Right. And I was, I was like, sick. And, it was only, and I was thinking, I was like, these cobblestones have been here for 200 years. And, <laughs> and now they're, now they're taking them. Yeah. Like, but they're, stay, they're still staying here. But I was like thinking, I was like, man, like, wooden carriages went over these things, like, back in the day. Like, Indians bled on these yeah. or whatever, you know? Like, and skateboard. and yeah. skateboarders used it to and make dams. They used it to make dams for the sand. That's so right. The would come in the park. You know, yeah, it's awesome. They see value in it yeah. for the, like, <laughs> actually use it for something. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that about skateboarders. <laughs> so we, now, like, um, like, you know, like, tradesmen, they have to go buy codes and everything, build inspectors, blah, blah, blah. So now we have permitted. Yeah, we're all permitted. Yeah, do you have to follow a certain kind of rule book, fisherman? Yeah, but it's yeah. so complex. Yeah. But, I mean, you get the general idea. Like, you have the, the limit, the daily limits. And, like, the, you get I get mail all the time about, like, reminding us about stuff or whatever. But a lot of the regu- a lot of times the sending, it's like this new regulation where you have to change every single net to put this weak link thing in the nets in case a whale runs into it and the oh, one so in a million chance yeah. so that it'll break. And then it's like, so, okay, like, okay, I'm going to take all my nets, spend thousands of dollars to fix them all, and then you never hear about it again. You never have someone check it to see if it's done. And it's like, what the... Why are you going like, to... Yeah. Like, you're just trying to bankrupt me, basically? basically yeah. yeah, like, a lot of the stuff, it's, it's frustrating, you know, because it's like, the people that run the fisheries are, actually aren't fishermen. They're, like, professional students that have, like, gone to college to be scientists, and they, like, keep... And it's like... If you ever worked on a boat, you would know that you can't have, like, a, to, like, say, uh, just as an example, dogfish, which is a small shark that we fish for. It's a do- it's a, sh- a dogfish is a shark. Yeah, it's a small shark. It goes oh, like five, five feet long or something. Oh, uh, they eat crabs and lobsters and stuff. So, okay, so you catch them with gill nets. So, you, you know, you don't, you set the net out and then you wait and yeah. then you haul it back. Well, you don't, it's, you don't know exactly what you're going to catch. Yeah. So... To put an exact limit, daily limit, it's like 4,000 pounds a day, exactly. And if you have 4,010 pounds, they'll seize your whole catch. It, oh. It's not, it doesn't make sense. You don't have a scale on the boat. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, I'm, I'm pretty good at looking at a pile of fish and telling you what it weighs. You've been doing like, it I can your do it within, I'm usually, my first guess is within 20 pounds. Oh, yeah. But still, if I have a net out there and it's got 5,000 pounds of dogfish, why am I throwing 1,000, like, or 3,500 pounds one day and 4,500 pounds the next day? It doesn't make sense. You know? balance it's, out. Yeah, like, yeah. how about, like, a certain amount for the whole week? A lot of and amount, you can, yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know, wiggle room. 
you know? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, and it's like, if someone, if the fisherman, if someone that had ever had a blue-collar job or knew what work was like, yeah. made the rules up, they they wouldn't make, you know, they would it would be wiggle room, because yeah. that's life. You yeah. know, there's no set... You know, it's like it's like how can you make? It's the same with skateboarding. When when non skateboarders get into the skateboard industry, they don't understand the lifestyle. So yeah. they don't understand the actual work, blood, sweat, and tears it takes to to do what you do. You know what I mean? They don't they don't understand the long days. They don't understand the risk. Yeah. You don't understand <laughs> that like you have to eat off of this and feed a family off of this. Yeah. Like they don't have any of those feelings, emotions, so they can't look at it from the same perspective they're just looking at numbers and like they don't they're detached right. they're detached they don't yeah, have their yeah, exactly. heart involved they're more and it's the same with skateboarding and they have the same shit going on and the industry you know the industries in this country that are like really wealthy powerful industries the oil industries like who runs the federal government part of the oil industries it's ex-oil guys who runs the lumber the ex-lumber people like who runs the fisheries College students, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like professional college students, forty-year-old college students. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like and, and it's really because we're all, you know, we're super independent. Just like, you know, fishermen are very independent. Like, you look at six, there's there's like probably six boats in my harbor that are all set up to catch the same fish with the same nets and all the same stuff as my boat. They all look completely different. Every yeah. boat is set up different. That's and right. That because a lot, yeah, because you know that's a lot of times why people get into fishing is because it's super, it's independent. You're your own boss. Yeah. You know, you're out there. You know, one of the things that I just in my mind I love to do on the work is just look around and be like, "There's not another human being within 50 miles of me. Uh, yeah. If I screw up, we're all gonna die." <laughs> too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. A lot of times I'll be on the boat. I'll look. You look over the. I look over the side and I look back in the boat and I look over the side and I think, death. Look back about life, like simple. It's just simple. Like, yeah, you know, that's like, pretty gnarly. Yeah, um, and it's yes, and that's part of the fun about. It. That's the risk is by skateboarding is fun too, obviously. You know. Oh yeah. Or oh, yeah. also too, you know, you know, you could go out and instead of catching fish and making money, you could go out there after a storm and all your nets could be all rolled up and you have to spend two days to untangle them and instead of making money, you actually just spent seven hundred dollars on fuel for nothing. Yeah. And then you, you know, but that's. That's part of the gig. Like that, those times make the times when you go out and make you know quote unquote easy money that much better. Man. You know when you're like you go out like oh, oh my god oh my look at all these fish can you believe it I you know I, I thought it was gonna be good but this is incredible like you get so fired up and you know like and you you tell you guys like you know, we're gonna make five hundred bucks today you yeah, know like, yeah, we're gonna write yeah. you a check tomorrow like when we get in like <laughs> we're you know like the beers are on me you know <laughs> it's exciting because it's ups and ups like, and downs if you need a new deck forget about it buy, buy two new completes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what what's the most profitable fish oh boy for that me, you fish for um, not in general but just that you fish for oh um, but the, in, historically, I've made my most money in my life off monkfish. Yeah, pretty much. That's a really solid fishery. Um, it's only been around for like twenty-five years, so it's relatively fresh. You know. And what's a monkfish exactly? It's also called an angler fish. They're these big, gnarly. They're like all teeth and mouth. And uh, <laughs> like you, anybody can just type in monkfish online, and there'll be like a million YouTube videos of like them swallowing big giant fish. They have the most. Oh, expand- they're ugly, right? Yeah, they're real gnarly looking. They have the most expandable stomach in the animal kingdom. Oh they my god! Eat, they can eat like something that's literally almost the same size as them. Look at that fucking thing. 
Yeah, they're not. Oh yeah, that's God. what I fish for. That's the ugliest yeah, thing I... That picture is really... It don't even look like a fish. Yeah, and they, they actually, they have a little fishing pole on their head. And they sit on the bottom, and they just flip this little Find board. a Nemo. It and all comes get, back to find a yeah, Nemo. When it goes down into the depths exactly, of the dark and the little a, thing. That's a, like a um, canyon monkfish. That's like a deep water monkfish. No shit. So they're oh, super successful okay. species. They're, you know, one of the top uh, fish in the food chain around here, I would say. People eat that. Yep. They're excellent. The, the meat is super firm. It's not even like a fish. It's like more like a real meat where you have to like cut it with the side of your fork. So you don't fillet that? Or? It's still called filleting it, but... It's like uh, the cow in the like sea. It's like it's, steak. It's real, it is. It's like a real firm <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, a, it's valuable because it has a really long shelf life because... Um, you know, say you eat it, uh, like, I typically eat fish very fresh, obviously, like, within five days of it being Lucky cooked. bastard. So, <laughs> but uh, if you actually let the fish ferment a little, like, like say you let it sit in your fridge for ten days, the first flavor that it starts to get isn't, like, a bad flavor. It actually starts to taste like lobster. Ooh, like, it gets, like, a crustacean flavor. So it has a really long shelf life because, really, the older it gets, the, the more flavorful. It ages well. That's awesome, man. Um, and where it's crazy because like I don't eat I don't go to enough seafood restaurants to know I guess but uh, they all get they actually get exported they go to Korea Japan and Portugal I was gonna say that fish eaters like Asian countries I imagine because I remember being when I went to China twice and and I actually went to Japan too I remember seeing monkfish and being like they're super popular not seeing it but seeing it on the menu you know and the whole we actually like you can see that picture it's it's you cut the tail off the domestic market is only the tails. You cut the tails off and you throw the head away. Oh, so exactly like that, how right. it's cut? But Look at that we face. We sell to Korea and Japan, we sell the whole fish because the meat on the head is actually a higher quality meat than the meat on the tail. The cheeks, and like you can see the size of the jaws. So think about all the muscles that control those jaws. They're all like, say you take a chicken, you know, there's the breast meat and then there's the wing meat. A fish yeah. is the same way. The, the meat that controls the little fins tastes totally different than the meat that controls the whole tail. Yeah, yeah, and it makes it's sense. different texture and everything. So that fish, the meat on the head, the cheeks that controls all the jaws, some of it is like blue crab meat, like stringy. Ooh, like yeah. It doesn't even seem like fish. It's like these little, like, thing, it looks like little fingers of muscle. Yeah. Like, if you literally like, pop out of the skull and eat, which normally in a... America, you wouldn't do that unless. Well, I've seen it overseas. They do. They'll like stew the whole head. Eyes. Yeah, people don't want to eat things with eyes. Yeah, like in China, I've seen them. They would take this and like. I don't know about monkfish, but I know they 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 in Portugal too. They bring out a stew. And they just so basically good. put the whole fish head yeah. in it with the eyes and everything, and it would be stewed with all this other stuff. But it, and it just breaks off. Such high quality. Yeah. Like codfish, too. Like, I'll roast the whole head. Like, the other day for lunch, I had a whole halibut head that I had, like, frozen for a whole year in the freezer. Yeah, I just yeah. took it out the other day and ate it, and it was so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. just like, you just... You know, it's uh, like if you get a spoon and just pop the cheek out. Uh, dude, it sounds amazing <laughs> to me. I love seafood, so I would do that for sure. Who's that singer for uh, Aerosmith with the big lips? Steven Tyler. Yeah, Monkfish got some Steven Tyler lips going on a little bit. You see it? That's awesome. Life is a highway. Is that him? <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, whoa. Oh, there's an artist rendition. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's insane. My buddy, funny story about a monkfish. My buddy was in the Air Force in Arizona, and he went into the tattoo. You know, they went out drinking. They went to, oh, went to get tattoos, and he's like, picked this gnarly-looking fish out of the tattoo book and got it tattooed on his arm. Ten years later, he's working on a boat, and he says to the captain, he goes, I think I got a tattoo of 
of that fish on my arm, but it's from like <laughs> 10 years ago. And he pulls up his sleeves and he's got a monkfish tattoo on his arm. <laughs> oh. And he had no idea he was going to be oh. a fisherman. You know, it was like a random, like, kid it, that, you know. It was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. It was meant to be. <laughs> Looking at the fish, like, Huh. <laughs> you <know? laughs> do, do you do you do anything else like uh, I know you fish, but do you do any um, gardening or like farming or anything like that? No. Just curious. No, not really. I trade. I trade with farmers for you know. I trade fish. For, I there's a farmer right on my way home. Workers farm stand, and I'll I'll trade fish like you know let the pros do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'll like That's really good at fishing. I'll do that, and so I'll you know I only only stuff that he grows himself. There's a whole market that he does. You know, he sells other stuff too. But yeah. I'll, I barter with the with the farmers. It's cool, man. I, I ask because I, I always, I, I, you probably talk with Westgate at all, but yeah, he bit. does really cool stuff too. Like he has an amazing garden that he grows him and his lady, and then they, uh, they also had chickens. Yeah, got the fresh. I want to get chickens, man. The eggs yeah. are so much higher quality than the ones you get in the grocery store. I have my actually. The guy that trucks my fish has chicken, so he brings me like bring me a couple times a year. He'll give me a dozen eggs, and it's like, and it's cool. Olivia, my daughter would love it. You know? Yeah, and yeah. so you you need a small yard, and you got Bella. Bella would be good with chickens. Yeah, my and in Bristol where I live, like literally my street in Bristol, half the people are non English speaking Portuguese people, and they already Hard have chickens. Yeah, like clean their sidewalks off. Oh, totally. Like this, just yeah. Like in the summer, you have to like push the rows like bushes aside to like drive down the street yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. granted they're like growing through chain link fences but yeah. it's still rad you know yeah, it's like, yeah and then forget it you give a couple of your portuguese neighbor fish and they're like love you forever you can get away with anything yeah, you know? yeah. that's <laughs> awesome that's what i love about like some of those neighborhoods in new bedford and fall river it's like yeah. all portuguese family and they're all out there it's, like we're you know it's like bust their Portugal, ass man. yeah like, really like, you're like, you're it's like, fucking this awesome this is just like little cuba like, <laughs> in fall river <laughs> I, I think i like the idea of being self-sustainable like um i'm nowhere near that but i think it would be amazing like especially since you fish so then you have fish as your diet you have that coming in as like a protein and yeah. all that stuff. and then you'd need eggs and I eat so some much dreams. fish, man. I love fish. Yeah. <laughs> still, still. Oh, You've yeah. been doing your whole life and you yep. still love fish? Absolutely. And have you... It's so good for you. And it's all different. I eat with... I'll eat like the fish that honestly we're going to throw away. That's not valuable. So it's like all like... Like mackerel. Like people... Fish that people think of as bait fish, I actually love. Like yeah. Mackerel is one of the best fish we have around here. Wow. If you get it fresh, brand new, it's so tasty. So it's a white meat, actually. You know? Yeah. You definitely know how to cook all that shit the right way, certain types yeah, of fish. Yeah. yeah. Was that all learned from like your father and grandfather and no, stuff? No, pretty much just like trial and error. I, my parents, uh, like, well, actually, we didn't eat a lot of fish when I was growing up. Really, I don't think my mom likes it that much. Uh-huh. So we actually, I just more on my own was like, you know, just like started to get into it, and it's like it's meat so expensive in the grocery store too, and you don't know what the. You don't know how they're treated. Uh, yeah. You don't know where it's coming from. It's like chicken, like you yeah. know stuff. And it's like Jesus Christ. Like I know this fish is good. You yeah, know? like yeah. I know exactly where it came from. Yeah, you know, like and ironically though, like wild fish is not considered organic because they don't know. They haven't had every tracking and every step of the way kind of thing. And it's like how is. That, that what if, to me that like throws the definition of organic out the window. Like, that seems like more general. organic. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. that's and them. It's bull- literally untouched by man. hasn't been adapt. hasn't done anything except try to adapt to not getting caught. Yeah, organic is the know? wrong word to use. That's yeah. that sounds like some bullshit. Just so they can have an industry like a corner in the industry. Yeah, yeah, ours exactly is organic right. because we took it. Like, this is a wild we took fish. the sperm and put it in the fish. And yeah, that, yeah. It's right. like the, no, that's called. 
modified, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, not organic. Organic is the fishes out in the environment living a normal fucking yeah, life. Yeah, like out in the ocean, away from people, away from pollution. Yeah. Hundreds of miles away in an environment that's not even the same. Like, it's that's like completely, yeah. you know, it's like on the bottom of the ocean, you know? And nowadays, people can't even say that. <laughs> About, What's that? Like where they get their food from? Oh nobody, yeah, nobody can. Oh, yeah. No, only few, only few. It's people. scary. It's scary what they do with food nowadays. Yeah. I was reading an article about fucking China and how they're making fake food, like literally fake food. Growing There's like meat, kind of fake. Yeah, Growing, just like fake, completely fake, you completely know fake. Like, like like rubber. Yeah, oh, I wow. saw that. Too. It's oh, it's like God. it's like edible, <laughs> but it's like there's no va- like, nutritional no value. Up, but yeah, no yeah right. they wow. made it from like scratch, like an apple, like a fake apple from scratch. Like, nice. and they're selling it. You know what I mean? Like, how fucking crazy is that? I thought they were like getting home and they were trying and they're like. They could I thought it was not edible. I thought it was... Oh, no, no, no. The shit that I read was like, it's edible, but it's like they've made it from scratch. It's like a replica of food, but there's nothing in there that's of nutritional value. They just took a bunch of shit (laughs) and like turned it into like a replica of something that's edible. Like... It's insane. Yeah. Flavored... They do some gangster shit in China. I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, tell me, but that's all I read. uh, There's a whole town called Shanghai and a... A definition of getting screwed over is called getting Shanghai. Oh, no that's shit. In China. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Think yeah. about that. Like you got Shanghai, that's an entire city that they named after getting screwed over after. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because oh. they, 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 they lived a certain way of living and then they just <laughs> yeah. fucked them. Yeah. Shanghai. Like, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy over there, man. Have you, so, have you fished other places in the world or just this area? Yes, I've gone to Gloucester and Chatham. Oh, there you go. There you <laughs> I've go. totally traveled. That's <laughs> What's, Are those cool places to fish? Oh, yeah. I mean, Gloucester is legendary. And uh, Chatham, forget about it. Chatham is the corner of the Cape. It's the oh. north, you know, the southeast corner of Cape Cod. It's where Zared's from. Yeah, it's where, it's where Zared's from. And, I mean, if you just think about that, just look at the chart or the map of the United States. Look at how far out into the ocean that that's sticking. I mean, that is close. You know, that's... That's Cape Cod. That's literally oh, yeah. Cape Cod. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to pull up a map. The codfish had a you know, huge um, part of building this country. You know, if we didn't have that food to feed the country, you know, just... And it's not like farming where, like, okay, well, you got to grow this uh, cow from... You know, you got to feed it, all this stuff. You just go out... The, the ocean grows the fish. You yeah. just go out and harvest it. Okay, uh, so that's where Chatham is. Yeah. It's literally right there, dude. Yeah, it's right on the corner. So... That's an awesome site. And then Gloucester, you know, is is up north of Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like, you know... So when I was fishing out of Gloucester, I was running a, a 65-foot big steel boat. And we were fishing George's Bank. And we were actually 120 miles from Gloucester, but we were only 98 miles from Nova Scotia. Wow. So we're, you know, we're out... Way like, out there, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was pretty cool. Um, and some cool stuff. Like, I was fishing this wreck. Um, and there was a shark that lived on the wreck. And every time we'd be hauling our net up, not a dog, not a dogfish, no a blue shark, like an eight foot, like legit, like big ass shark. Yeah. So we'd start to haul the net up, and it it had definitely done this before. Because okay, so as soon as you start to haul the net up, the net becomes real tight. It's basically, you know, it kind of kinks it sideways, and you couldn't get caught in it. Yeah. You know, because it's like it kind of pulls it together when you're hauling it up. So as soon as we start to haul the net up, the shark would start going towards the net and eating the fish out of the net. But it would only eat the live fish, okay? 
So literally, you're pulling up fish. They're getting eating as you're pulling the net up, okay? Wow. And a fish, you know, the head has got the gills, and the heart is, like, basically right under its chin. So the whole operation to run a fish is in the head, basically. Yeah. So this shark would come up, and it would eat the whole body of the fish, and you'd come up, and it'd be just the head. But it would be looking at you, pumping its gills, still trying to breathe, totally alive. And its heart and everything, like I say, its gills and heart and everything's right there. Yeah. It's still alive, and it's looking at you, pumping its head, just the head. He's like, I'm fucked. Yeah, like, just like, yeah, like, it was so wild. They're like, what the hell, you know? And then one time, I, we, we, um, we, we sat, there was three blue sharks, and you could, the net, got, what happened was the net got hung up and parted off. And a piece of it floated up and we were just pulling it in by hand. Because it was just like, it literally just came up and was floating on the surface. And the sharks, you could feel the sharks grabbing the fish out of the net, but they were taking turns. The big one would come in, kick a fish, and then you'd see the medium-sized one. And they're probably related, I would think. They were like, maybe, maybe generational. Like, yeah. You know, like, because fish, when they live somewhere, they go back to... You know what I mean? If you you're born there, they like they yeah. go back there. So not all fish, not, like but a lot of animals. You know, like you're born in one stream, you go back there. You migrate from here to there every year. Yeah, they have like so, a pattern. In yeah, so it's like it would make sense that they were you know related or whatever. The like, sharks. Assuming, yeah, the sharks. It was probably it was probably Bruce and his two buddies. Yeah, exactly. And they were they were literally taking we're turns fish to steal, stealing the fish out of the net. Wow. It was, like, so wild. Like, do, do, you, uh, do they ever fuck up the net? They have sharp teeth? And uh, yeah, probably, but it's, like, yeah. neg- negligible. But basically, they're just grabbing the fish. You know, they're, gra- like, they, it's like they know. They yeah. do what they're doing. Kind they're of. fishermen. Basically, yeah. They're, they're fishing they off of your fish, catch. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. <laughs> have you ever caught one by accident? Yeah, I sharks, caught, yeah. yeah, yeah right. Here and there. Okay. What's the biggest shark you caught? Uh, let's see, um, that I landed, uh, I, because if it gets too big, I actually can't even put it in the boat, like, maybe, like, a 150-pound, like, yeah. like, um, what's it called, a uh, dusky shark or something, like, not dusky that, shark. Like, I'm trying to think, I've only caught small makos, like, maybe caught an 80 or 90-pound mako. Are makos, makos are pretty, not, like, well, known for aggressiveness, oh, or yeah, what? Three rows of teeth. Yeah. yeah. Duck, Wait, what did you say? Probably a lot more three than three rows, rows of teeth. Oh, more. It's three probably, three like, more. they just keep going Shit. back and going back. Um, the, the cool, I have a great white shark jaw that was pretty rad. You have yeah. one? Yeah, it was like an eight oh, foot yeah. great white shark. Fuck, I wish I knew that. I would have yeah. had you bring it so I could take a photo. Oh, that sounds yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah, you some... put your head right in it. Wow. You could, really? almost, you could almost fit it over a five gallon bucket. That's how big it is. Holy and shit. it's only an eight foot shark. So, so I mean, I mean, eight foot sounds big, but... That's two feet long. Yeah, like... A human, like a yeah. Dude, yeah, but, but the... Yeah, think about that. A six-foot man has a jaw that's the size of an apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't even you put bet. an apple in. Yeah. And the shark has a jaw that, yeah, you could fit a, over a bucket. It could yeah. fit a whole human into the mouth. Oh, you could fit your head and shoulder, no no problem. Like, yeah. your head and shoulder easily. So, so if they wanted to come, they could just crawl. Yeah, yeah, easily. They could do what they did to the fish, but to a human. Just leave your yeah. head and your gills. And yeah. Your... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. It's like jaws, dude. <laughs> That's great. How about uh, any, like, random fishes? Like, any... We caught a big tuna once, trap fishing. We caught, like, a 600-pound tuna. Holy wild. shit. What is it? What? How do you rail in 600-pound tuna? That was... I had just seen a show on the Discovery channel where they were like called tuna wranglers because I, I would have not known to do this but we got it on the boat we, we strapped its tail and we got on the boat we got on the boat we threw a towel over its eyes so it couldn't see so if you think about that what if it's black darkness, calms it down yeah you don't want to be taking your tail and swimming real fast 
because you might run right into a rock or something. Yeah, you don't want to get hurt. So yeah, yeah you, you, it calmed it down, and it like, and we bled it out and stuff. And uh, you but, yeah, it was too. crazy. Though. I mean, that thing. But well, we sold it. But yeah, uh, okay. but yeah, it was go like, and also the trap's kind of small, so it it kind of was. I think get it was kind of tired already when we got there. Yeah, kind of. So it wasn't like like if it had just gone in there, it could have. You know, it could have possibly like shit up. it could have possibly like hit the side of the trap and had the whole thing rip out if we were, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it been. could have started a coup and been like swim down and yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> take the boat under. But uh, I've caught some cool. Like I caught um, a bunch of bullets one time, which I don't know. Wait, like from guns? Yeah, like, like bullets, like fifty caliber, like big ass, like look like would go in like a deck gun that would be on like a PT boat or something. What the fuck? And I don't know what was down there. Like it was a wreck of a boat or a. Um, I don't know, but they was it really, were they really aged looking and like? Yeah, they were old. Do you have them from World War Two? Yeah, I have them at home. Yeah, uh, I feel um, like I have to go to your house. I've caught some weird fish, like some like fish that are like from the canyons, but like we were like in sixty feet of water. Like we caught this fish that came up, and it was like maybe two feet long, but its eyes were the size of tennis balls. Like it had these giant eyes, so I knew that's fucking. And it had a really small. So it has to too. live in the dark. Yeah, so I brought it to the to Roger Williams University, is right in the town I live in, and donated it to them. Because uh, they have a marine biology department, and even them, it took them two days to ID it. Like nobody knew what it was, and especially a, you know, a fish is always a fisherman that's like, I know what that is. I caught one of those twenty years ago. This thing, everyone's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like, and so it was like the stuff online. Once I found out the name of it, I was able to go online. And there was like pictures and stuff. Do you remember it? What it was? Yeah, it was called a Southern Cape Fathead. You think I can find it online? Yeah, definitely. Southern Southern Cape Fathead. It'll come right Southern up. Southern Cape Fathead. And. uh yeah, they, like one hadn't been caught since like 1996 or something. Wow, really? Yeah, and it's like, and it was caught way out deep. Like it was just totally lost or mental or something. Like it just, mm-hmm. you know. Do you think you could ever find a fish that like, just no one's ever seen? Yeah, I think about that sometimes because if you discover, you get to name it, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, I loop- caught this little thing once that I had never seen before, and it was like literally like see through. That's not it. Though. Okay, it's, it's a it's black. <laughs> Is it like? That might be that little one. What's that? Might be a little one. I don't know. I typed it in, but it's like doesn't seem like it must be pretty goddamn rare because yeah. there's not many. Is that no? That's like yeah, that's else. a bluefish. Um, huh. That's all good. Yeah, but um, I don't know what was I saying. Um, oh yeah, if you catch a fish, you, you can name it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So so I, yeah, I caught this little thing once that I'd never seen before. It was literally like see-through like its shell was see-through its organs were see-through like everything about it was see-through and it looked like a little spaceship and I put it in my fish tank and then it disappeared I never saw it again when my fish ate it but I was like I always regret doing that I was like I should have just kept it brought it somewhere found out if it was really because obviously the ocean is insanely vast Massive. like there's so many things that haven't been discovered it might as well be an alien world there's yeah there, there's I mean I guarantee there's types of whales that head the other direction every time they hear a boat that People have never, never seen before. Seen like, that you just never know because they head the other direction. They're so scared of intelligent, everything. intelligent. No, you know, not yeah. fucking predators. Yeah, like, you know, so, there, so there's definitely, like, thousands of, hundreds, tens of thousands of sea creatures that are, that are undiscovered, that are afraid of lights, or, and you need lights to take a picture of something underwater. In the, you know, so, or something, you know? Yeah, like, the ocean's so vast. Smart. Like you said, they're just smart. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tough environment. They're gonna be smart animals down there. 
You know, it's not like easy living. I, I like I say, it, under the ocean, it might as well be an alien world because yeah. some of those things like are as intelligent, if not more intelligent than us, like dolphins yeah. and shit, like certain whales, yeah, and like definitely. it's just yeah, like we look at them as like lesser because they don't have opposable they're thumbs different. and don't ha- their way of living is different. They don't have to worry about the things we have to worry about, but that doesn't mean they're like just because they if don't conquer and kill everything. Intelligence. I mean, a dolphin or um, a killer whale, they hunt for a couple hours a day. Eat a couple fish, and then they have the rest of the day to screw around. Yeah, hell yeah, that's living. They're like, like a are you kidding me? Like, yeah, like, are you like you like we have to work our balls off to survive? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just to survive. Yeah, and and these animals, uh, they you know they, they catch the fish easily. They work as a team. They all eat, and then they literally jump in the waves. They come and visit me on my boat. They jump in my bow wake. Like, they're just screwing around. I see them out there all the time. They're just messing around. Bunch like, of fucking, you know, like, bunch of fucking free <laughs> willies out there. <laughs> Good time. I agree with that, man. So, I mean, really, they got that's smarter than I would trade places with a dolphin in a second. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's a quote. That's a quote. <laughs> uh, what would you name the fish? If you caught a fish and you found, would it be a Luke? No, is there a Olivia fish called a Luke? My daughter. Oh, okay. I definitely name it after my daughter, Olivia. <laughs> Olivia something. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's cool. Um, I had a question. I could name it like a, after a skateboard trick or something like a stalefish. That'd be sick. <laughs> People wouldn't want it though. They'd be like, it's not good to eat. It's you know, Throw it back. <laughs> Throw it back. Um, oh, I was going to say is. Uh, if you get lobster again, man, and you need a skateboard, okay, you could, you're my the, man. The barter right, system. Down. Lobster's my favorite food, All right. I just hands did down. One the other day. All right, they're so much more valuable to to civilians than yeah. a fisherman. Like I, I give them away a lot, actually. So okay, we'll keep that in mind. All right, because <laughs> we'll have our decks in soon, and I'll look you up. What size are you at? Two, uh, eight and a quarter. Okay, we're gonna have eight. We're gonna have eight, eight one, eight and a quarter. So Perfect. we'll be per- that'll be awesome. <laughs> that will be awesome. Um. As far as, like, I, I want to kind of get into this a little bit. Just, um, I know that we touched on it a little bit with, like, college, fucking 40-year-old college dudes running the industry. Like, what are some of the things that you face as a commercial fisherman? Like, things that are hurting your industry, things that you wish you could see changed. Like, what are some things that, like, you just... I- Believe me, I, this is all I think about. I know because yeah. the reason why I, the reason why I ask is because I I feel like we have a pretty big audience with my podcast, and I feel like if the information's out there, more people will know about it. And yeah. and it's your life and your struggle and your shit. So the more you talk about it, I feel like the more people get intelligent yeah. about it and maybe they shake could a change. save all the fisheries in a couple of pen strokes if they did three things: one, make um, fishing boats owner operator only. So you can't have somebody else run your boat, okay? Like, because what happens is if you're owner-operator, so I say I have my boat, I own my own business. So I, that is an incentive to preserve the fisheries because when I want to retire, I want to sell my boat and sell my business. And if the fisheries are all banged up and no one's making money, I'm not, my business isn't going to be worth anything. So, so I'm going to have worked my whole life to, to build it up and it's going to be valueless unless the fishery and the stocks are good. At the end of my run, you yeah. know. So if you make it owner operator, at the people that are, that are, you know, that the people that are making decisions, because it's all about the fishermen out there making the decisions minute by minute, you know, whether a which fishery you're participating in, some fisheries are worse than others, but b, you know, hauling up your net and saying, okay, well, there's a lot of small fish here, and either being like, but um, you know. 
Say you're catching 500 pounds of small fish and 100 pounds of fish you can keep. A good fisherman will leave that area. So he'll say, well, geez, if I kill all those small fish next year or two years down the road, you know, somebody that owns their own boat would say that. But if if you're just... You're looking to preserve the future. Right. Because you're you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, if you're just in it for the short haul, you're going to say, well, there's 100 pounds of fish that I can keep. And if I steam over there, there might not be any. So you have, you know what I mean? Like you, they'll, they'll... could exploit the fisheries more. Exactly. Another thing is don't fish down the food chain. That just means you go for the top food chain fish, the predatory fish, um, the big, and you don't fish for like the bait fish, like shrimp and herring, because those are the fish that the top predatory fish eat. Yeah. So the more of the small fish that are there, the more big fish, the faster they're going to grow, the more and they're going to reproduce yep. and breed. So don't, fish down the food chain so you don't fish sounds like common sense yeah it sounds like common sense but unfortunately the fit the boats that fish for like the small fish like the herring and the mackerel they're 100 foot boats they don't even measure their catch in pounds they measure it in tons they land by tons they can literally come in with a million pounds of fish in like a couple days and it's, it's like it's a hundred football. There's like four or five guys that work on that boat. Okay, wow. the fish that they're taking out of the ocean, if you let them just be enough so that the bigger fish, you know, eat, could eat, yeah. it it would employ hundreds of people on a fleet of small boats to go out to catch the codfish and the monkfish, yeah. rather than five or twenty or thirty people that are on these giant boats. That are you know catching all the the bait fish. It reflects the same. I'm sorry to cut you off, and I want to get back to it, but it's, everything you say reflects the same shit that goes on in skateboarding at the moment. Yeah, it's like it's Nike like, employs maybe five people and makes them a millionaire, right. and then but it ruins the rest of the brands because exactly. it's like you can't have five pros making a decent living on one brand. Right, like it's like if you have the smaller fleets with like. Employing which a bunch of people, yeah. Which has been small fleets, yeah. individual owners that you know you build up your business on your own. You don't get like government. Like there's also there's government. They did some government incentive stuff that's still around. That to try to help the smaller to fleets. To try to help, but it, it what but it um, what it's called a it's a tax uh, deferment. Basically, if you're putting money away to build a new boat. You can put money away completely tax free for five years. So that's wow. huge. Yeah, that's so that much. that made it. That's what made the build the fleets up. That's what built the fleets up. Where guys, instead of having one, you know, if the government had just left it alone and you just build it up on your own, then you have a boat and then maybe you sell that boat and buy a little bigger boat. But it's more natural progression of, you know, not like this. All of a sudden you have a fleet of five boats. So now you're not just thinking about your one boat. You're like thinking, how are my five boats going to catch all these fish? And you're like me personally, if I... I would I would coordinate my fishing with these five boats so you can take these five boats and set them up in a V pattern. Yeah. And if they all tow in a V pattern, they're gonna like if one boat's going along, there's certain fish on the edges they're gonna scurry away and get missed. Yep. Okay. If you're towing five boats in a V, cover a wide the fish radius. that scurries away goes into the next net, and the one that scurry goes into the next net. So it takes the inefficiency out of it, and that's that's what destroys fisheries when you can catch every fish in an area instead of that then that's what ruins fisheries because yeah. you, you know you're not you're not you're not leaving the fish that remembers the migration route yeah you know like the big fish lead the migrations the small fish follow them if you take out like a whole year class of fish 
they're going to, you know, all of a sudden these patterns that you've been following as a fisherman for your whole life are all jumbled up. And, uh, yeah, it just makes it harder, you know, and it's just... It's it's like it's 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 like uh, if you just rape the whole thing and you just don't have that um, you don't have sustainability. Uh, yeah, the, it's not gonna. Like, yeah, you have. I say it's good to have inefficiency. Actually, yeah, that's what you, you said know? in the beginning like, of the podcast and yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then the third thing is let you know let, um, let more fishermen instead of having this huge organization, this National Marine Fisheries Service, it's like the government spending you know millions of dollars in tax money. Um, to employ all these people to regulate the fisheries, um, spend half as much and, and let the fishermen get involved. You know, like I would bring a scientist out of my boat to do research for just to preserve my own livelihood rather yeah. than, you know, they have the, they have their own boat that goes out to do the surveys with just scientists and no fisher. And it's like, you know, what's the scientists have no stake in whether, let's say they go out to do a survey and they catch nothing. Yeah. Well, there's no skin off their back. Yeah, they're fuck. They're, yeah, they're just if, doing if a job. If I go out and catch nothing, I don't make any money. There's no incentive for them to try to find the fish. Yeah, you know. So it's like they go out to do a survey, and they're like, "Oh, there's no fish," just like we thought. Well, yeah. no, maybe you got to tweak your net a little. Maybe you're not in the right spot. You know, maybe you know. Let's let's find these fish. I know they're here. You know, I think if we try over there a little, or maybe tow a little longer, or tow a little shorter, change this. You know, fishermen, that's what they do. They tweak their net. They, they This works. Let's do that a little more. This doesn't seem to work. Let's get rid of that. It's constantly, you're constantly evolving. I They're feel like, like I feel like having, that's a great idea because I feel like having a f- scientist on the boat with someone like you, that it's your livelihood and you, you, yeah, clearly, you, clearly, you clearly care about it and are passionate yeah. and it's your livelihood, they would be able to have more empathy for the industry itself yeah, and would too. care more because you would show them and be like, look, this, you would make friends, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like... So I think that would be huge on that level alone, you know? Um, yeah, be them involved in the industry, yeah. Like what, um, are there any, like, um, movements or things that are going on right now within the industry to try to, like, reverse some of the negative side effects that are going on? Um, Is there any, like... Because I know with, like, re- there's, like, reality shows on fishing. There's all types of shit going on, and, like, I feel I feel like it's, like, the Wild West kind of. I don't know. I See, I get frustrated, so, like, I can't, like, I can't go to a meeting. I don't get involved that much because I get so frustrated and angry because it's so, there's such simple solutions that are just not going to get done. Because when there's too you many know, people like, trying, they complicate yeah, like it. Yeah, it's, it's all that, different. Yeah. It's all these different fisheries, too, that are, like, participants, you know, that are all together, like, there's... I'm a gillnetter, but there's draggers and there's scallopers and there's lobstermen. And forget, you know, just the fact that fishermen in one industry can't agree. Try to get everybody in a room together. And then you have the sport fishermen, too, that are trying to preserve their little piece of the pie. And the scientists that are, they think this, but the fishermen are like, well, if I know your data says that, but why is my data? You know, I have 15 years of books of data that I took of um, when, you know, the water temperature, the location, the, the, the date, and the amount of fish I caught, what kind of nets I used. But that's not considered scientific data because it's... Not from some dude in a cup. Yeah, so they yeah, can't... Yeah, so it's like they don't even... They don't even... Like, even if I had that... They don't like, acknowledge it? Yeah, they don't even acknowledge it. Yeah, like I, I fill out logic. Which makes no fucking trip. sense because you're the dude if nine to five. fishing, ask a fisherman. Exactly. Like, it seems obvious. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, but no, it'd be like, yeah. <laughs> That's bullshit. Yeah, it's 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 so frustrating that I really, 
I, I get so fired up, I'm so passionate about it that I really, it's better for me to just stay away and let other more level-headed people. <laughs> like, and I, I have that. stuff to say, and I, I have good points, and, like, most of my thing is, like, I have good questions to ask. Like, why is this this way? But then when they answer it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? What? Like, yeah. <laughs> seriously, that's why it's this way? Like, that's even worse than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. Even wor- like, this, I went to a... I went to a focus group, and these these two college, professional college students, women in their forties, that were like, "Oh, I go to URI." And I'm like, "What? Like you're? I, I thought you were." Is it a club? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, she asked us about the seals because the seal population is real big right now, and a lot of like, there's a few seals that are like they come, they steal a fish out of your net, they wreck the, they don't even steal the whole fish, they just wreck the fish, yeah. they eat the guts out of it, and then they they're like easy meal for them. They sound like cunts. They're, they're bad. Yeah, it's bad. Seal yeah, cunts. They're, it's, yeah, they're, <laughs> I, believe me, if I do catch one and kill it, I, I'm, it makes me smile. Oh, uh, okay. You know I mean, this thing's a lazy piece of shit that's learning. It's going to just teach other seals to do the same thing. Like, yeah. they just learn from each other. So, so um, she asks about the seals, and we're all like, yeah, it's, it's a problem. You know, we're, we're losing fish out of our nets. There's too many, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I said, you know, maybe we should nude and spade or, spade and nude or something, maybe, or something, you know? And she... It's like says this like it's this huge success. She says, "Well, you know what they did in California? The sea lions were uh, yeah, right off the bat." Like, I'm already laughing. <laughs> the sea lions were the sea lions were stealing fish out of the fishes the fishermen's nets, so they gave the sea lions part of the fishermen's quota. Oh my god! So I I like I get wide eyed. I'm like I'm like what? Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I, I shouldn't have sat across from her. I learned later that it sets you up for conflict. Like when you sit across from someone, that if you think you're going to be in like a you're trying to like get along with someone and you're having a conversation, you just sit side by side with yeah, them. And that's yeah. not as confrontational. And I said to her, I go, that's the most retarded shit I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. I said, I go, I go, this is a boom. I go, that was the sound of my head exploding. I said, I can't believe you said that like it was a success. Like I couldn't, I just went off. Like I couldn't stop myself. And the lady looked visibly shocked, uh, you know, like, and then like a back and, uh, and I was just like, looked at the other fishermen and they were kind of laughing, you know, but I'm like, that. I like, that's why I can't go to meetings, man. I've been fired up. Like, that's my thing. I've been like, learning. You know, like, <laughs> I've been telling my girl, I've been telling my girl is like, as I get older, I'm like, I really want to learn more words. I want to be able to express how I feel and have better <laughs> yeah, yeah, words right. to do it because it, because I get like that too. I'm so yeah. passionate about shit that like I run out of words because it's more emotion than anything. And right. I feel like if I have proper words that could express that emotion without me having to say fuck every time. You know what I mean? Like – I, like that communication is so key. Like it's hard to like. Some of the parents, when you like, when you have a little kid, you have to say that to them. Sometimes they get all fired up, and you have to say, "Use your words. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> Use your words. Yeah, like, don't just flip out. Like, it's, it, it's it's hard. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> um, well, that's they're like, yeah, just give instead of just letting them do what they're doing, just give them some of your quota. Yeah, yeah, like well, yeah, you're basically going to train them to behave badly. Yeah, you know, like sense. you're like train them to be lazy. It's yeah. Like, hey, oh, oh there, there's a buoy. I bet there's a net under it. Or, oh, you know what? Maybe it's a lobster pot. Maybe I'll stick my head in that and steal their bait. Or, you know, just it's just learning. It's like no, gar- human interaction of any kind is bad for you, seal. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah, get, yeah. you know, like 
it's like giving or hit, shoot them with paint pellet guns or something like just tr- teach them that it's not seal behavior. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. If, a, if a person goes and kicks a, a seal lion pup in the head, he goes to jail. But if a sea lion goes and steals your fish, they yeah. give him part of the quota. But you know, it's like, get yeah. your perspective here. Like, we're people. We run this place. You know? Like, well, you became the top of the food chain for a reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it is what it is. Yeah, know? like, get real. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> Crazy, man. Like, earlier in the show, you are talking about trap fishing and everything. So, how do you, how do you catch your fish? Uh, in the gill nets. In the gill nets. Gill, so it's like, more like the fence. No, it's it's anchored at both ends, but it's a small, it's only a 20 So you go out there and you drop your nets and then you come back to they're it? Actually, with the monkfish nets, they're actually out there right now. Okay. And you could, a monkfish is like, it's a gill net, but it's like more of a, um, like a modern take on a gill net where it's like actually the fish gets tangled in it. So the fish actually get tangled up in a bag of net. And as long as the weather isn't like really, really bad, it'll actually stay alive in the bag of net. No so you can leave those nets out from three to seven nights. And still, like, maybe you'll fish. lose a couple fish, like, but you'll still be able to fillet them and eat, like, yeah. but, like, sometimes the crabs will come in and attack your fish or whatever, but it's negligible. Um, but the other fisheries I participate in, which is, like, in the fall and summer, I actually set the nets out. We leave before the sun comes up. We set the nets out right before the sun comes up, and we wait three hours and start hauling them back at nine in the morning. And that's really cool, because it's, like... You guess, you make a guess where you think the fish might be, and then you, like, at 9.30 in the morning, you know right away, you're like, you guessed right, you guessed wrong. Yeah. But but it's like, you never, it's not like you guessed wrong and you're going to, like, catch, like, all these bycatch or something, because the nets have only been fished for three hours, so it's a really clean fishery, and it's just fun, like, just to, like, like I think this is where they're going to be today, and, you know, it's super high-quality fish also because it's you know the nets only been in the water for a little while yeah so they're fresh like and so yeah oh yeah now in the lobster pots what do you use for bait to attract them um that's uh use like basically skate and uh, they actually use herring that's the, the boat that it's um it's a ray okay, skate, okay. you know it's yeah like a, you know like a stingray type yeah exactly thing. it looks yeah. like a stingray um um, and her- like that's actually the fish that the, the the herring boats I was telling you about the herring those fish they only they sell for like literally for ten cents a pound for lobster bait like it's not even used for people to eat wow yeah so it's like it, and mackerel too it's like, like minnows a mackerel that's caught in one, on one of those big boats is the same thing it's worth 10 cents a pound for lobster bait if I catch a mackerel on my boat I use hooks and they're a dollar a pound wow yeah because they're caught one or two at a time instead of in a giant net all squished yeah so it's like that too in a way it's like such a waste like you could have a fleet of small boats catching mackerel for a dollar a pound or you have three 150 foot boats catching them for 10 cents a bringing down the prop it's profit, like yeah it's crazy you know it's insane so wow. yeah that's fucking that's illogical crazy. that's like but it's capitalism it, that's the definition you know it's like the, you, the more money you have the more power you have the more you can preserve your own way of life basically well this like, is what I wanted to keep know. saying to you and I was actually gonna uh, I was getting around to it was that what I'm trying to do with the skateboard industry is kind of what you should be doing with your fishermen like you should have a podcast you should. Yeah. Build, you should. My sister is actually really on that stuff. Because then you could get out your opinions and you could yeah. get a bunch of like-minded people to listen to it and be like, oh, yeah. And then it would spread because – that's why I wanted to do this with you because I was like, 
it's a really cool topic, and since it's your lifestyle and your passion and your love, and I have people that listen to this all over the world, yeah, like great. it's insane. Truckers, like all walks of life, and it's like the more the information gets out there, the more people hear your side of it and your heart You're of it, right, the more people want to support it and defend it and care about it. And I try to do that with skateboarding too, because the mainstream and they try to water it down exactly. And there's not enough people, and you're very passionate. Like when I talk to you, even if it's like a simple five minute conversation, you look me in the eyes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you speak with your heart, and you know what I mean? Yeah. You're a real person. So it's like real people need to like take control, even if it's just with your words and doing simple shit like that. That's basically this is almost free to run, you know? It's crazy. The fisher, like commercial fishing, has really been demonized by the environmental people, like in the last 20 years, I feel. Like you wouldn't believe, like. You tell somebody you're a fisherman, first of all, and the, the first thing they think is rod and reel, like you're a sport fisherman or like a charter boat like captain, ben. right? Ben goes out there you and should fishes. see the way their face, like I've literally seen people, you tell them you're a fisherman and they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, and then you, the conversation goes and they, and they realize you're a commercial fisherman yeah. and their face completely changes. Yeah. Like it's this bad thing and it's like, no, it's like, it's this great thing that I love that I do, that my daughter comes out and does it with me and I go out with my And friend. Bella. Yeah, and it's like, and like, like fishermen, I, I have a stake, you're, you think you're an environmentalist? No, I'm an environmentalist. I actually have a stake in preserving the environment. Yeah. I actually will go out of business if I screw up. It's a li- it's a lifestyle. Like, it's yeah. a livelihood. I get so like, fired you... up when people say that global warming isn't real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, you don't understand. Like, that's a pro pollution stance. Yeah. Like, and pollution is bad, no matter what you say. You cannot say that it's good. Yeah. And you can, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no matter, tread lightly. That should be. I don't know how that, like, that we went the other way because it seemed like. They were doing all this great stuff to preserve the environment, and then now it stopped, and now it's going the other way, and industry is getting more and more power, and they're polluting more and more. And how did we get? How did we go that way? It's crazy, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah. More people should be riding skateboards. Zero emissions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like those you know, things that like, Solstice had that artwork that's up. It's like. It has the Hummer, and it's like, yeah. this one, whatever. I don't remember how it goes, but it's like, this one runs on fat and costs you nothing, and it's like a picture yeah. of a skateboard or something. <laughs> yeah. It's genius, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I really think, like, that's that's crucial right now. I feel like, whether it's fishing, skateboarding, whatever the fuck the industry is, or whatever you... The face you, of it isn't really what it really is. Exactly. I feel like the truth and the people that... And I wrote this in my interview that's on the xgames.com, and I, uh, what I wrote was like... I feel like right now for these industries, the people that have blood, sweat, and tears and that truly have lived the lifestyle should be the ones controlling it. Right. And the only way to do that – the saying is to gain control is to take control. And that, that sounds aggressive and like physical, but what it really means is that start thinking outside the fucking box. Reach yeah. people, whether it's through the podcast, yeah. whether it's through just like – you know what I mean? You don't have to go – we have so much technology nowadays, and it's not that hard to understand, and I'll gladly help you if you want to set up a podcast. <laughs> right but I'm saying like the information, everyone's so connected now. Yeah. Like right. this Get reaches – yeah. I have people that listen to my podcast in countries that are just symbols. Yeah. Like I can't even read it. It's in, right. over in like Asian countries, and I'm like – they're listening to us, you yeah. know what I mean? And no, I'm like, Instagram. I have a buddy on Instagram whose dad is a fisherman in Finland. Yeah, and exactly. And it's like so cool. Like he posts, you know, like to, I'm like, hey, tell your dad if he's ever around, come fishing with me. He's like, you'll love that, you know. Like I want to come. 
go visit Finland and go do a trip. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> so we're, 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 my trip on your dad's fishing boat. We're living, <laughs> we're living in, in a crazy, exciting time where like you, the communication is wide open. Yeah. Right. Back in the day, to get your message out, you had to pay for mag- magazine ads. Yeah, right. You had to pay for TV air. It's now it's like you have the internet and you could reach a following if you just put in the work and build up like like with a podcast, you get enough episodes, people will start listening and then it'll spread virally because more people will be like, oh, that was a good that episode, sense, yeah. and it keeps spreading and spreading. And the more you share it, and then like if you know people like me that have a following, I'll yeah. share it. You know what I mean? And then people will hear the information. And then the more the most important part is getting out. The ideas and the feelings behind the ideas, and it'll spread. Yeah, and you no put, matter you what put it face is. Face on things too, and people aren't as like if say I'm fishing next to somebody that I don't know. Yeah, I'll always go up because you know there can be conflict on the water. You could, you know, maybe some guy might cut your buoy off or something if he thinks you're too close to him. It's not, it's not all the time, but I, you always want to go up and steam up to that boat, and don't just call him on the radio. You want to go up, and you want him to see your face, because it's a lot harder to cut somebody's buoy off when it's got a face on it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know? like, you're like, like, I'm just like you. Know? We live off of this. And yeah, like, we both hey, care. Man, like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, you got a beard, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know? We're both hey, nice boat. Like, your boat looks good. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, so I think I think that's an that's awesome position that you could take. Like, I don't see anyone else doing it. In yeah, your industry, yeah, like it would be sick to get one going, man, and it doesn't take much. I mean, ours is like an hour and a half to two hours long, and we have all different guests, but like they could be as long as you want, ten minutes a week. Yeah, yeah. Take ten minutes a week and just talk about something that like you Put care it up about. On Facebook, or yeah, and tell me, I'll share, it and yeah. it'll be amazing, and then it'll just spread the more you do it. Get, like I said, it's better. It's better to almost speak to a microphone. It is, not, you know what I mean, because you don't get. You know, you don't. People, you're not gonna offend anybody. And <laughs> you, is the way. Well, you can have you can have time to process it all yeah, and like yeah. put it out there on your own terms. You don't have to yeah, like, like debate or I, argue. I, say, I, I, I was uh, hanging out. My buddy, for some reason, thought that I would like this guy. He's like, oh, I'm, it's just so and so. He's a surfer. You know, come uh, hang out at the bar. One of the first things out of this guy's mouth was. Well, I don't know. I just consider that anybody that fishes with nets is like raping the ocean. And I was like... He had no idea. I was like, what? Why are you so mad? I was like, dude, you just said that what my thing that you I You knocked my whole lifestyle. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you, I was like, you spent too much time on your surfboard being one with the ocean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Get, you like, get real. Like, uh, you know, like... We're, like I'm one of the good guys. Like get you know, get some perspective here. It's like, easier you know, for like, someone to like just speak about shit and like, never actually learn about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, tons yeah, of people like, do that. They have an opinion made up. Right? Yeah, they have right, opinions, right, but yeah. they've never actually gone out on a boat and seen that it's a lifestyle and that's all. Right. Same like skateboarders. Like easy to sum up as a bunch of delinquent punk stoners. Yeah. Instead of going, oh no, these people are actually thinking outside the box. They value shit that most people don't. Like handrail stairs, yeah, different yeah. environment. They look at the world in a different way. They're, They're creative. They're face. outgoing. It's yeah. like. But it's easier to sum them up to, to then take the chance to be brave and go understand that lifestyle. Yeah, it's yeah. like a homeless person. It's like you walk by, it's easier to be like, oh, he deserves it. He probably did it to himself. Instead of just actually go, what's what the happens? real story? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I was molested or whatever the fuck it yeah, could have been. You, know, they, yeah, yeah. you realize they're human yeah, and they have struggles and that the choices yeah. weren't all that easy or simple. You yeah. know? Yeah, that shit's fucked. I, I mean, I've been guilty of doing that too, summarizing shit. I get yeah. passionate about yeah. hip-hop when I, like, that was what we were talking about on our podcast with Buckley, is, like, it's easy to just knock different lifestyles because you defend yours so strongly, right, you know? Right. And, like, hip-hop is, like, much like skating. It's, like, you care so much about the way you do it and the way... Because it's an art form. Yeah. And it's, like, a battle almost, and it's cool. But, yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> um, so, what do you think you'll do, like... What, are you going to pass your boat on to your daughter? Or what? <laughs> I don't know. It's up to her, you know? Um, what do you think? You want to be a fishing woman? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> nice. That is awesome. Yeah, I hope so. That would be great. I would, that would be my dream if I could do that. That would be, I mean, every dad, I think, wants their kid to want to be like them, I guess. Yeah, that sounds So, cool. yeah, that hopefully it'd be easier and better for her. Like, if I could pass it on to her and then maybe go into the regulating of fisheries or something, or I don't know, like, whatever. I mean, I, fishermen never retire. Yeah. I'm never going to retire. I, you know, I love it. It's, Dude, our generation, yeah. uh, the people... I'm not like, going to be able to retire anyway. What's the point? <laughs> Ride the motherfucker till the wheels fall off. Who yeah, cares? Right, exactly. Live every second and yeah. go to your grave, die, tr- like, exactly. die trying. Like, uh, enjoy every moment. Yeah. old guy... Who uh, gives a fuck? works with us forever, Sammy Peters. Uh, he fished right up, you know, right, right up until he passed away. And uh, one of the Department of Environmental Management, the fish police basically was down there uh, talking to us. And he was in Rhode Island. They lost uh, some of they like lost some of their pension money or something. So after they re- worked there for twenty years, they're not just going to be able to get like a good paycheck for the next fifty years, yeah. or whatever. So, so he, you know, whatever it is, what it is. So he's complaining about losing his pension, right? So I'm looking around, I'm like you're talking to a bunch of fishermen here. So I, I said to Sammy, I said, uh, Sammy. Uh, What's your retirement plan? He goes, he looks at the DM guy and he goes, Me? I'm going to work until I die. <laughs> I look at the guy and I'm like, I don't think you're going to get any sympathy down here. Man. Yeah. I was like, well, you're, like, who are you talking to? Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, we're lucky if we get a couple of good years where we could put some money away for retirement. Like, basically, you know, fishing, you, you get a little money and you, you want to invest it back in your boat. You want to make your boat safer. You want to buy better nets you know it's like you're constantly putting money back in it's hard to like take money away and put it away you know yeah. for retirement i know? feel like, like that that retirement shit is an illusion it's, it's an illusion because it's like that the cool thing you is make a lot of money well the cool thing the cool <laughs> thing is like everyone's like oh you have to retire save money for retirement the cool thing is it's like when you do something you love whether it's skateboarding, yeah, pole dancing, retire, yeah, right. you don't want to retire because that brings you joy every day of your life. That's, that's right. why those people days go by. you hear about those people that like are a hundred and they're still working, and yeah. it's because that's their passion is right. that, and they're like, if they don't do that, they might as well be dead. Yeah. So it's like if more people pursue their passion and what they love to do, retirement comes more. It's irrelevant because do you really want to sit back? Like I'm, I'd love to have enough yeah, money to take. Yeah. I'd like to have enough money to take vacations here and there, right. but I don't want to so, fucking yeah. retire. My last twenty years to sit around and like, I'd rather still indulge in shit that I love and try to like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a fantasy and and it's not. It's more and more unrealistic, you know. Maybe the top one percent is going to have that retirement, yeah, right. and then people are going to lust after him. But I'd rather. Just live life and go at it fully right. until the fucking wheels fall off. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> do you guys? Have, you, I, you did mention a local pub. You guys have a spot you meet up other fishermen and stuff. Oh, uh, not really. Just uh, I mean, yeah. What I do, but like I have a couple of buddies that I hang out with that are fishermen too. That uh, you know, we'll go there. But it's it's more just because it's closest to my house. It's not like other fishermen really hang out there. Yeah. Whatever you know. But uh, do you have, you have a quahog? Uh, a uh, fucking. I have a quahog skiff. What's that? Just a skip, like this. Think of like the simplest boat you could think of, like a flat bottom, like oh, a traditional right. like clam and skiff that you'd see, you know, in New England. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I have one of those. That's actually it's like a replica of the one I grew up fishing in. No uh, shit. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you have a? Do you, is your bar called the Clam? 
No, Aiden's pub. <laughs> Do you know from fucking yeah. Family Guy? <laughs> yeah, the bearded clam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Family Guy, they all yeah. hang out like at the clam, I think. Yep. Yeah, they live in Quahog. Do you ever think <laughs> about, um, now that with like... See, I think a podcast would be better than this, but do you ever think about or ever have offers or do you ever see anything pertaining to, like, reality TV? No, but ever since The Deadliest Catch came out, that's definitely something the fishermen talk about all the time. Like, if something happens, you know, like, oh, that, they would have turned it into three episodes, you yeah. know? Like, it was, you know, or, like, uh, and of course, like, obviously, if you can just fish and then be on TV and get paid however much extra, it's... It's just a smart business move. Yeah, fuck it. Um, but actually, I'm pretty sure that my dad's company, because my sister works for my dad too, okay. uh, Trap Fishing. He's gonna, there's going to be a PBS special. They're, they're coming this spring to, to film it all, and it's, it'll probably right, be on yeah. in the fall. Right. There'll be a PBS special all about trap fishing. Very cool. Because trap fishing will be the coolest one because it's all my family. Like my brother works there, my sister, and it's misfits. Like it's either older guys that are like kind of doing it after retirement. Or it's like young kids that like just want a cool job for the summer or whatever. So it's kind of like this whole group of like misfit people. And it would just be a great. And as the family conflict, like, you know, like sometimes, you know, my dad might do something a little different than me. And obviously I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, great idea. I'm going to be like, no, my way's better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it would be a great show because of the family conflict. Like my brother's tried to hit me before on the boat. Yeah, I was yeah. just being a dick to him. You know, yeah. like just trying to. I was just revving him up. Yeah, so he came after me. I'm like, Dad, get him away! I'm like yeah. steering the boat and like <laughs> defending myself at the same time and shit. It sounds like a good show. Oh, it would be great. Exactly, <laughs> it'd be great. Like they, yeah, like or, or like and just like this. It's like. My brother teases people. My brother's a, and my dad can be a bully too. Like there, so it's like just. And obviously, if if you're a man, you're not going to bully someone that's just a wimp. He's like going to bully the biggest guy in the crew. <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> so it would be a good show. You know what you need to do? PBS might be our gateway to the to it. You know, this PBS show might be the gateway. You know, it's another way to do it too, and it's it's in the spirit of skateboarding. Is like you just need like an Irwin. You know who Irwin is. He films for Solstice here. And oh, okay. Just a younger yeah. Just, dude. Yeah, or just get all GoPros for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So what you do is you either and get produce, you either get yeah. one dude that just likes to film and is like wants to hang out around right. the fishing boat, and, and you just have yourself. him film everything, and then you you chop it up in te- in like little yeah, web webisodes. I've thought about that. Because like, then if the webisodes get enough traffic, and you have like say it catches on and it gets a hundred thousand views, yeah. that brings value. Because then you could bring that to a network and be like, look, right. this is the numbers we have. We do yeah. better than basic cable, right. and then they might want to invest in it. No, and all that takes is like you being a little elbow it. grease and doing that's how yeah. skateboard brands were like started that's how we do it with all i need i put yeah. out a video it gained some traction i sold through it i took that money i put it into a couple t-shirts sold through but it was right. just like get the homie to film it let's show him our lifestyle yeah. and then it just the longer you do it and since you're it's your lifestyle and you're going to be doing it forever yeah. it's like you'll you'll hit no, eventually Bella would be the star of the show oh fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just need a little homie that wants to come out and like be excited. Yeah. And actually, the I have someone in mind. Actually, this kid, his dad was a, his dad's a professional photographer. He's a young kid. He already has like. I, um, I actually I like d- dated his older sister twenty years ago. That's how I know him. But the, like, 
The whole family is involved. How did that in the end? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, kidding. I'm friends with every one of my ex-girlfriends. Oh, good for you. I'm like, not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and all you'd have to do is show them examples of things that you like, like shows or webisodes yeah. or fishing shows, and be like, oh, I kind of like this, but let's do it a little different, and then hand him a camera and right. have, give him a little direction, yeah. and then he could take it, film it, edit it, and then every month or week, you could put out a webisode that's like yeah. X long, yeah, yeah. and then like if you know enough people, like I, you know a lot of skateboarders, we could all yeah, share it. Promote it, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, the numbers grow. But the whole thing I've been telling people every time I go to the edge and everywhere I go is my big thing now is like... I told Russell and all these dudes the other day because we were talking about like uh, taunting and we're talking about adults oh, right? and like shit. And I'm like, look, th- how old's Russell? Like 13. 13. Is he? His other homie is like 16, 17. How old's Cam? How old's Cam? Cam what? Cameron. I only know Nick and Russell. Kilduff. Kilduff. Cameron Kilduff is 17. 17. I told these dudes because Kilduff was talking about his job. He's washing dishes for some place and he's bitching about the boss. And he's like trying, he's making all these excuses about his boss. And he's like 17, so he's stubborn and he's butting heads with the yeah. boss. And, and I, I broke it down to him. I said, look, Cam, he's the boss. If you don't want to be a worker for a boss, yeah. like you need to figure you out a hustle. Like yeah, you better figure, no, not even yeah. school. Not even, not even. I, I like that idea. School can yeah. help, but not even. I was like, look, yeah, you gotta get on your own. all yeah. I hear you saying is a bunch of excuses why you don't like having a boss. I'm like, yeah. I understand that completely, but you have no skills. You're not trying anything, so you are going to be the person working for a fucking boss. Right. And if you want to play the game, I'm like, if you want to play the game, then you better let that boss think he has a bigger dick than you because yeah. that's what bosses want. Yeah. Not all of them, but the majority of people that work at certain places, they're the boss for the reason. Yeah, they've already been through it. They wash dishes when they were your Exactly, and that's what I'm telling them. Like, their seniority. You know? like, their seniority. Yeah. They've earned it. And I'm yeah. telling them, I was telling them, like, that restaurant, how long have all those people that are giving you a hard time, how long have they been working there? He's like, they've been working there 10 plus years. I'm like, yeah, yeah they have a crew, just like in skateboarding. We have a crew of people, you know, like they have seniority. They all get it. They've been working in one spot. They're not going to just let some kid come in and be part of the crew. He's going to have to earn his way right, in, exactly. especially if you're starting at dishes. And I'm telling these kids, I'm like, this is a part of growing up. I'm like, if you don't, if you want to be your own boss, you better come up with a cool idea and take a risk and go for it. I'm like, the green's full of a bunch of old people with businesses that aren't cool. Like, if you opened up a fucking antique shop or a burrito shop or a hot dog shop and you have skateboarders that back you and you have a young, youthful, intelligent way about it and you're ambitious, that's going to be a shining fucking light for the time. Yeah. Because then you're going to have traffic coming in and they're going to be like, damn, these dudes, the skateboarders are passionate. They're opening yeah. up a business just like New Bedford. And I'm so, telling these little kids. Let's talk. More do exactly, and that's what I'm trying <laughs> to tell them. And and like I feel like a lot of people, it's like the non shit. If the if the truth is told, the youth can grow. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck if he's 12 or 13. Boy, I tell Russell that years. shit, and he's yeah. taking it in. Yeah. He might not start a business when he's 15, but like when he turns 18, 19, yeah. he's already been thinking about that because no one's telling him. I look him in the eyes. I'm respectful. I speak like yeah. clearly to Russell and those dudes, and I'm just planting seeds. Like this is the information yeah. no one's fucking leadership. telling. School's not telling you this. Teachers aren't telling you this. Your parents probably are too overworked and too exhausted to tell you this. Or they don't understand the game themselves. They're too worried about just telling you what not to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you're a father. So you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but that's why why I'm like, to gain control is to take control. If you want something a certain way, you have to just come up with a way and find a way to do it and keep at it and lust after it with your whole heart and go for it. And I feel like the more we tell 
people like your daughter and the, the more they can chew on it. Like, I wish yeah. someone told me that when I was 13. Like, I wish I had adults telling me, like, look, you could do any, anything you want. Yeah. And here's, like, a formula or here's an idea or here's some great things you're going to struggle with in yeah. life that you can change if you right. really want, if you care enough. Like, step in the right this direction. sucks. Like, there's bosses. And if you don't want to work for a boss, you have to figure out another way. And if they yeah. break it down for you, the real life shit, like... It fucking can change yeah. everything. Our next future could be brighter than ours, you know? Absolutely. And that's why I think, like, the podcast, I think you should do something along the lines of a podcast or like, even just a webisode to every two myself. weeks yeah. just to put it out there because the more people see it visually and audio, the more people can connect and relate and feel and just grow with it, man. And, and I think I would listen to your podcast. Nice. I would, <laughs> and I would help spread it as well, you know what I mean? Because that sounds like... That's all I talk... I mean, that's what people talk about when I meet someone and I hear a fisherman they want to talk fishing and I'm totally into it. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you everything I know. Like, I like to promote... Uh, prom- basically promoting myself yeah, you know, so maybe if there is some weird law coming up that you're outside with me. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know? But if you take control and you're doing it and you're do like cool different ways and like everyone like no, it doesn't sound like a lot so of people are fishermen need, are doing stuff. Like you said, like trap fishing needs it would be great to have its own reality show. Yeah, you know, because okay. it would be cool and it would be and people would see like wow, those fish are alive, like. Or if there are undersized fish, look at those guys breaking their balls to get those undersized fish back in the water while they're alive. Yeah. You know? Because like I said, fish go back to the same areas, and we're only allowed to fish that area. So if that undersized fish went in that trap, and I, I think fish are smarter than some people think. So if it went are in there... Are smarter than some people. Well, yeah. <laughs> so if it went in there, it basically went in there, and then it got thrown back out. So it basically just learned that it could go in there and everything would be fine. Yeah. But the next time it comes in next year, it might be it's going to be legal size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're basically training that fish to, to get, get caught. caught. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's like that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, how did you get into skating, man? Uh, to just, change the subject completely. Okay, yeah. But. Um, I guess you know fifth, sixth grade. Oh, okay. So how old are you? Thirty. Uh, Thirty-nine. Okay. I'm, I'm turning forty this. I'm turning forty this spring. So I like how you think about it. <laughs> whatever, I was like, uh, you know, fourth, fifth grade, walking through my neighborhood. Mark Phillips had a Ray Rodriguez bones, uh, sword and skull Powell. Um, so uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, check it out if you want to try it. So I was like, all right. So I jumped on it and rolled down the hill a little bit and rolled into the grass. And he looks at me and goes, looks like you got it. So I'm like, really? I'm like, because I suck at baseball. I can't play football. Like everything else, I've done team sports. Like was a dis- I was a disappointment to the people on my team, you know. So I'm like, cool. So I started saving up for a skateboard. Hell yeah. So um, I so that was must have been like the summer after fifth grade or something maybe. So I saved up enough and bought a deck, um, and then because that's how you did it back then. You saved up for each individual part. You know what I mean? Like, so my, my parents were, weren't rich. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I saved up enough for a deck. I got a deck. And then... What was your first deck? Tony Hawk. Blue Tony Hawk. Uh, I still have it. Sick. I don't have any of my other original uh, skateboards, but I have my first uh, one. Uh, I wish I had down to nothing. <laughs> you know, it was like an inch in front of the front truck and like three inches behind the back truck. Like, literally. Because I didn't have money to buy a new one. You know, yeah. So just so down nothing. So then, like, my buddy gave me trucks. I had wheels. I had saved up enough. I think I bought wheels and bearings. And then my buddy gave me trucks that I had for like three days. 
And then the dick came over and took him back. <laughs> and I literally, I was, insane. I literally cried. Uh, I fucking cried and broke down in front of my friends. Uh, yeah, which yeah. hurt even my friends. Like what dicks? Yeah, they like, took you know, him back. My one friend was my friend. This other kid. Wait, did he was, need him? Is that why I took yeah, him back? Yeah, you know, I think he was even taking him back to give to someone else. Uh, like, this is dick such bullshit. Like I was your buddy three days ago, and now you're screwing me over. Dick move. So yeah, total dick move. So, so my mom was like. So I think I went in my house crying or whatever, you know. And, I cried uh, over skateboarding. Totally, yeah, I'm, I'm with totally, you. Yeah, so <laughs> no shame. So uh, my dad went. I wanted trackers because that's who Tony Hawk ran, rode for. But <laughs> my dad went to Redney's, which was like one of the. You could get skateboards at three pla- at only two places in Newport in 1986. Redney's, which is a surf shop. I was four years old. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and. Um, Duop Records, which is a record shop that sold skateboards. Sick. So my dad went to Redney's. Some legit skater was there that helped him out and said, don't get your kid trackers. They had a Ben working? They, exactly. They had yeah. a Ben working. He said, don't get your kid trackers. I know he wants trackers, ultralights, whatever, but they're junk. And he, he, my dad bought me a pair of indies. It's the only thing I've ridden ever since. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and... Uh, yeah, it was just the first thing. I mean, I hate to quote awesome. the like Bones Brigade documentary, but it was the first thing I ever did that I didn't suck at. That's fucking awesome. You know, and back then, all it was like there was um, it was just there was no mini ramps yet. It was only vert, so if and we didn't know vert ramps, so if you could just do like three sixties and tic tac and like ollie up a curb, like that was it. You were good. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was like, fun too, though. Yeah, and it was, yeah. And it was fun. Yeah, slappies and. You know, I think I started building ramps right away. I built, like, the first ramp I built was just a wedge shape. Like, so we started, like, boat bonuses and ollieing off of that. Fuck yeah. And then somebody gave me a quarter pipe, like a six-foot quarter pipe, so that we, my parents let me block my whole driveway off. Wow. So I put the quarter pipe at the end of the driveway, blocked that off, had a jump ramp in the middle, and then I had a rail up at the top that was an old piece of a dock timber that was, like, 20 feet long and I had a piece of angle iron on. Wow, that's So it was, cool. like, that was my run. Like, you I don't have that no more? No, 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 that'd be amazing. To have. I, st- I could make one in a second, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, that was my run. I'd go the board, you know, board slider, fifty-fifty, whatever the rail. Come down, do the jump ramp, hit the quarter pipe, pump back up to the top, and like just do that cycle. And oh, then, yeah. uh, then I, my freshman year in high school, I built a half pipe. Sick. So we had a half pipe for like you know for my whole. What was the dimensions? School. 16 feet wide, 7 feet tall, 14 feet of flat, Holy 7 foot shit. tranny, so it just came to vert. It was basically like the dimensions of the of the big bowl at edge, yeah. only more flat. Yeah, that I think one's that's quick. 7 feet tall. Or, yeah. Are you talking about the one with the shell? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's quick. So it's pretty quick. One. I should have made it. I actually, looking back, I, I should have made it like a mini ramp. Like it, I would have had more fun on just like a four or five foot mini, but I didn't know. I was a kid. How do you, how'd you, how'd you get the wood and all that? How'd Fishing you, money. Wow. I so. worked, I saved my, like, my, when I worked, um, we, I started off just working in a skiff, just lobster, hauling lobster pots by hand, okay, mm-hmm. with my dad. And the ritual was, we worked, we worked seven days a week all summer, and uh, we got paid cash, which is sweet. $3 Fucking a pound awesome. cash in 1986, and I got 20%. That make between like 40 and 60 bucks a day, which is big money. Hell when yeah. you're a kid, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. And every single day on the way home, we would stop at the bank and I'd deposit all my money. Hell yeah. So it was like just a real, and my dad would deposit it. It's like, that was the ritual. It was like work, work, then we, we go to the farm stand, trade veggies and stuff, and then and then go to the bank and put our money away. Hell yeah. And that's, you know, that basically, and then I put all, so I saved all my money. You know, I've been working since sixth grade, so it only cost $2,000 to build that ramp in 1986. And, wow. and all my buddies did it. I didn't have a, I was only a freshman in high school, so I didn't have my license yet, but I had a boat. 
So in Rhode Island, you can get anywhere in a boat. So I, I literally, I'd get home with the bus, I'd get off the bus, I'd go down the street, get in my dinghy, row out to my boat, zip over to Tiverton, pick up my homies, wow. bring them back in the boat. We'd work on the ramp for that afternoon. And it only took us like two weeks to build. We had like three drain days, you know, but it was awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, my dad helped me like one or two days, you know, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I screwed it up a little bit. I put, there's a little bit of a, there was a bit of a kink in it. But, you know, whatever. You're right. I learned I, my next half life is going to be perfect. Eh. <laughs> hey, quick question. Do you ever take a date out on your boat? Oh, yeah. Eh? some boat dates. Is it, how's that work out? Does it, does it work out? Well, you know, the implications. What's that? Wait, what? <laughs> that, 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 that's that's, that's such an always sunny. Yeah, that's oh. a sunny. It's always sunny in Philadelphia episode. And they're like, they want to get a boat because... Uh, it's, it's, it's a date rape joke. Oh, okay, you know, okay. You know, the implications, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boat shut down, and I'm the only one that knows how to start it. <laughs> Hand job. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, like, of course, like, uh, yeah, when I was, when I, you know, when you start dating somebody, you want to, you, basically, you're showing off. Yeah, like, you This is show. me, you know, so, yeah, that's my boat, like, I've, uh. But the, the best girls are the ones where you start dating and they're like, I want to go on your boat. Like, I want to go fishing. I want to see what you do. You know, yeah. like, that's, you know, obviously that's like, you're like oh, cool. Like, keep, that's, if they're interested know, in it. Yeah, 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 for sure. My wife's come out and shoveled fish with us trapping a bunch of times. That's and, awesome. You know? And Olivia comes at least a couple times a year. Awesome, Olivia. She loves it. Thumbs up? <laughs> they want to go skate. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Elwood Amber. Elwood wants to go skate. Elwood wants to hump Amber. Um... <laughs> So do you have a team for your boat? What were we talking about? I uh, no, but I have a crew. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah, crew, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, like, my one guy, James, he's worked for me for, like, six years. Um, and uh, Are they, Is this their a, full-time job? Or? Oh, yeah. Yep. James, actually, he's, like, 27 or 28. He has his own skiff, but he only works for me in the winter, and then he works on his skiff in the summer. He has, like, his own business, his own boat. Right. He's a little boat. And then uh, I actually hired a 49-year-old guy this year that's killing it. Really, it's an animal. Yeah, yeah like, he's great. Yeah, he's super smart. Like, wants to catch fish, you know. And uh, but yeah, I always have like, but actually, all like most of the people that I skate with have all worked on my boat. Like my buddy Connor has worked on my boat. My buddy John. That's right. Because it's like I'll meet somebody at the, uh, Jay Bernie has worked on my boat. Like, yeah, yeah. So I'll meet somebody at the skate park and be like, all right, they seem like a legit guy, and offer him, you know, a job. And you know, if it works out, it usually works out great. And, like they're. The crew on my boat, they're my real crew in real life, too, basically. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you work to, you know, like, and fishing, it's, it's a hard job. So you have that bond of going through hell together and sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, there's nothing like that. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. being soldiers together or something. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It seems like skateboarders are fitting good to be fishermen yeah, to definitely. a certain extent. Yeah, you just know about, it's like, you yeah. know, like it's, they already come with sea legs, so to speak. You what, know? what about seasickness? Did you ever have that? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, um, in fact, if I didn't go on a boat for a couple months and then went out, like, on a boat, I, it's possible that I would get seasick again. Like, when I used to be in school, high school or whatever, and, like, wouldn't be on a boat possibly for a couple months and then go out, like, sometimes I would get seasick. But I haven't got seasick in a long time, though. Yeah, I feel like, like I would get seasick, maybe. If you do, it's, yeah, it's, it's hell. Yeah. I mean, you, what is it, you first you think you're going to die, and then you wish you did. Yeah, yeah, because it keeps and going. And then if you, and then if you get really sick, you can actually throw up a brown furry spot, it comes up in your mouth, and you have to actually push it back down, because that's actually your asshole that you threw up. Nuh-uh. <laughs> 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 I was picturing it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I think I think that's a perfect way to end the podcast. Hey, Luke. Thank you for it. Oh, sorry. I want to keep you guys because the edge closes at six today, right? Six today, right? Sundays, right? Yeah, that's cool. Fuck yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank that you. Sick, Hell yeah. <laughs> oh wait, one more. Hold on before right, we right. go. Um I don't like um kinda touching on the whole podcast stuff and maybe you doing some cool shit like that. Is there a place people can reach you online like if they want to discuss anything or if they want to help a movement or they just want to get involved or they're just uh, curious no, about fishing? I mean, if they want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Luke Skatefish or Skate with an eight. S-K-8. So L U K E S K eight Fisher. Fisher. Okay, cool. And then uh Ben? You're off it again. My sister like though, actually has the best fishing pictures, and she's fish hand frisson. Frisson. How do you spell frisson? I think F R I S S O N. Okay. Cool. And she like she actually is uh, in the top ten percent of most viewed pictures on Instagram. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She has some. Wait. Hold on. Fishing pictures. I'm gonna. All right. After. Yeah. They're gonna help me find it then. Yeah. After. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Wow, so thanks for coming on. I hope yeah, you guys have fun. I wish Bella could have came in. Um, <laughs> check out All I Need Skate on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Check out our website, allineedskate.com. Um, check out Solstice if you're ever in New Bedford. Legit skate shop. If you're from New England and you're in this area, you definitely have to stop at Solstice. Get some skate yeah. shit and go to No Problemo, Patty's Hot Dog Shop, and all skate that stuff. So, yeah, of course, Skate is Edge. Yeah, in the winters, man, that's the spot. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, man. Uh, We'll see you guys soon.